And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. And I'm James. I don't know what I'm doing at this point. What? what? <laughs> the, fame, the fame has gone to his head. Who do we got here today? Kyle 5 and 6. Kyle 5 and 6. Sorry. <laughs> I like that. Kyle 15 and 16 now. <laughs> no. I mean, this is a big, big day in the pod because... We've got our friend Riley back, who's you know a veteran of the pod. Now we've got Ace here too, so we got the voice of the Grizz and the Lady Grizz, and we've been this has been scheduled for a while to talk about basketball, which we will talk about, but it conveniently is our first pod post national championship game, so we got great guests. Yeah. Wait, because because did you know oh my God. that uh, Ace does the sidelines on the football games? It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You told me. Look at that. <laughs> Pre-game and post-game. Right. Yeah, post-game. Where all good things are hashed out was, of course, in the post-game tailgates. And I think wow. that's when we planned this in, like, October or November. Of, hey, we should get this going in January. Was it, like, after a fo- uh, was after a home game or something, wasn't it? It was after a home game. Was, all of a sudden, I have a Google calendar invite for today. It's well, like Ace and Riley. Like, calendar, what is this? We would have forgotten. <laughs> like, which I'll tell you is the most planned this podcast has ever been. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I thought, Riley, aren't you a Dodgers fan? Die hard. Oh, God, don't. Sorry. I, don't do this. I thought we were just going to talk about Dodgers. Oh, oh, I'm great right with that, too. The listeners will like that, but I'm, I'm all for it. Well, guys, it's been good. <laughs> Riley and I are going to start an MLB pod now. And... That sounds good. We can branch off. Are you going to defer 98% of your payments, too? Or... <laughs> I know that I've we're not doing gonna... that for a long time. We're not going to defer 98% of the beer tonight. Yeah. No, that's for sure. So. I think not. All right. J-Man, mm-hmm. let's start in in uh, reverse order and talk about the most important thing. When you guys walked into our studio, which is also my dining room, did you smell anything? No. Does this no. house smell? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, 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 does someone need to shower tonight? You, what are you no. If you needed to heat something up and you went and used our microwave. Oh, no. James, did you make cookies in the microwave? Somebody. Ooh. What'd you do? You want to tell him or you want me to tell him? Yeah. No, 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 no. You got to Step up, bud. Step up to the mic, bro. Step come on, up. come on. What, what happened? Let's hear it. Let's this would be a great it. moment. What happened? This is what you get for being sassy to me all year. <laughs> so James is an Easy red. Mac connoisseur, right? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, managed to make it himself over and over again for a while now because, you know, you're you're almost 11. Mm-hmm. What what key ingredient did you forget a few nights ago making Easy Mac? Water. Oh, water. Water. <laughs> I think we're lucky James didn't burn the house down. You should have seen this oh, Easy no. Mac. I mean, it was all... Char- I should have taken a picture. It was all charred and like there's smoke just billowing. So this is like... I think this was Thursday night, so it was just starting to get cold. We had every door and window in the house it's wide open. Below outside. Oh, no. Proud moment, huh? So that's how it started. Hey, you'll go back, you'll review the film, you'll get better on it. (laughs) Absolutely. It's good to make this mistake now rather than like a late Saturday night as a freshman in your dorm room. (laughs) Which happens. A lot. A lot. lot. About 2.15-ish. Everyone been there before? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're not going to do that again, right? No. All right. You can stay on the pot. Okay. Um... Should we talk about Frisco a little bit since uh, since we were all just there? Yeah, sure. All right. Except that guy. 
except yeah. for this guy. In the no, I didn't go too. either. I oh, except for these two guys wearing Packers. Let's go, Let's go. Go Pack, go. Um. Well, first of all, the game was fun. I mean, didn't go the way we wanted. But, uh, you know, that first half, they, they played hard. You felt going into halftime like, man, if they could just get a break here, they could, they could do something, which is a lot better than a lot of people on the Internet were giving them credit for doing. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what did you think, Luke? Yeah, I thought for as like asymmet- asymmetrical of a score it was, the Grizz were, were in it. They didn't capitalize on the opportunities they were given. And South Dakota State capitalized on opportunities that fell their way. And, and I think the story of the second half was in the third quarter, uh, we got down. And then when you're down to an elite team, yeah. they just they just take away your degrees of freedom. Everything gets harder. The playbook gets narrowed. And they, they just suck like almost like a headlock, like a or a boa constrictor, like tightening its grip. It just became harder and harder, and that's why the score ended up like it did. But we were in that game, and anyone who says different didn't watch it. Uh, and I'm super proud of the of oh, the team. God, yeah. Well, they got some. The Grizz got some bad breaks in that game. I mean, South Dakota State was everything. They were <laughs> everything advertised and more, right? Um, it's unfortunate that they didn't score on that first drive because I think that answering the punch with the punch. You're talking about the, the when Gilman, the got Eli stuff. Gilman, and like yeah. and I guess fourth and goal. When they say game of inches, that's yeah. your play, right? And McDowell right. got stuff that the play before, you know, went helicoptered up, probably yeah. got hurt. Um, that was a bummer. And then getting the interception and only seven for a field goal when there was clearly pass interference in the end zone. That's the only thing I'm going to say. It's like there was absolutely pass interference there, but. You know, as a bummer. Yeah. I think that there's three defining moments, right? And, and I'm right there with you. They, South Dakota State is so good, and we knew that coming in, that if they gave you a glimpse of, of an opportunity, we had to pounce on it. And there were three, right? Not, not only the fourth and goal where Gilman gets stopped. I thought that a total uncharacteristic play on their part was when they muffed the punt, and we got it. Yeah. But they yeah. couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah. Got the ball at midfield, got a first down, but couldn't put points on the board. And then the, the fumble in the third quarter. Because even with, with Fonts, Fonts fumbled the opening drive. Yeah. They picked up three straight first downs. They were in South Dakota State territory. And even with everything in the first half that went kind of crazy, yeah, they were down 7-3, to three, you felt, man, if they go up 10-7 to seven with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, what's South Dakota State going to be thinking at yeah. that point? So the opportunities were there. South Dakota State's amazing. I mean, they allowed 15 touchdowns in 15 games. That That's unheard of. So, I mean, I'm super proud of everybody as well. I want to echo that first off before we dive in a little more. But they were right there, for I would say, for three quarters of that yeah. game. Their head coach in the press conference goes, this might be the best defense we've seen in all yeah. of FCS history. He might be right. I think he is yeah. right. What, like, was, what was the stat? 15 touchdowns in 15, 15 games? And six, and on their six, margin of vic, diff, victory as well, too. Oh, it was like the third best ever insane. of an FCS. But, you know, going into it, it's like, you know, there's all this hype, and you're thinking, like, come on, we've seen good FCS teams. We've seen App State. I mean, we lost to Marshall on a ridiculous 1AA team. I still think the 1996 Grizz are one of the best 1AA teams ever, FCS. But I just think that top to bottom, that roster, I mean, that might be. Because it yeah. wasn't just like, it wasn't like Randy Moss being better than everybody else in like a fluke. They were just a damn good yeah. team. 
And, and there's a reason why. You see some – I'm sure you guys have seen it out on Twitter now, but somebody ranks every single college football team from like yeah. 1 to 356. South Dakota State finished 17th yeah. in that ranking. I mean, <laughs> I, I watched yeah. that Oregon Liberty game in the Fiesta Bowl. I'd take South Dakota State over Same. Liberty. Yeah. I, I would. I mean, yeah. they were that stout. I mean, seven All-Americans for their 11 starters on offense. Yeah. Give me a break. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen all the time. They, they were as good as advertised. But, you know, I mean, Montana was right there. We were yeah. right there in that game for the entirety. And to your point, the moment somebody went up two possessions, I'd even say if the Grizz went up two possessions, they were going to be in trouble if that could have happened. The moment they went up two possessions, it just felt like a different yeah. game. Yeah. We obviously became one well, dimension on Our defense was just so good, but it's like that's a a lot of pressure when it's like you're feeling like oh man we just haven't been able to punch it in and here we are you know that's it becomes a different thing mentally and that just it, that stretch in the third quarter was tough what's what's wild about the first possession you think about what SDSU did they took up half of the first quarter right yep. and we were missing tackles that's a thing that we did not do the entire year yeah. pretty much the surest tackling team in the conference for sure and you know you're tra- you're trying to tackle the the Yankee twins and Davis and Gronowski and we're missing, I don't know, four to five tackles in that opening drive. And I'll be honest, I put my hand up. I went, oh, man, we might be <laughs> yeah. in it for a long time. But guess what? Like, the defense shirt up. Bennett. You think about they stopped two short drives that started around midfield. Now, I know they gave up the scores after the fumbles in the third quarter. Those were two short fields again. Like, right. I don't really – like, outside of that first drive, they didn't give up a long possession that just kind of broke them after that first possession. And really a team that averages 38 a game. I mean, the final three that they got were based off the turnover, right? So the way I look at it, the defense yeah. allowed 20 points in that game. That If you would have told all of us right away, yep. you're going to hold South Dakota State to 20 to 23, you're going to say – Absolutely, we're yeah. going to have a chance to win yeah. this thing. So defense did their job for sure, not to point fingers at any at anyone or any unit, but I was really impressed with the defense. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like I think that, that going into it, like if you'd said, like one team's going to – one unit's going to gonna punch punch at the national championship level and you had to pick only one, it would have been the defense. Yeah. And that's not a knock on the offense. I just think it's true. I think the defense was truly FCS elite. And the offense all season did enough to – Get us there. When I remember I like when we Chattanooga. all... I don't know if they have a good offense. That's just what came to mind. Yeah. I mean, I remember we were sitting here in August with you guys, too, and we were saying, I think the strength might be the offense. So I, I, I would give I mean, the defensive staff so much credit because they did not have one drop-off from the last couple of years. Where they got better. They got better every week and, and added... Because they were more diverse. Yeah, they, they added stuff on the back things. end. It was yep. nice to see mm-hmm. this year. But I think, you know, speaking of the, the preseason, like credit to you two and James, credit to the three of you for... Okay. For having more faith in this team, it's got to be some optimism. That's right. That's what made this season so damn fun. Was I mean, we're picked sixth, right, to start the conference, mm-hmm. and I think Grizz Nation. You throw a poll out, there were people who thought we were going to win the Natty, and then there's people who thought we were going to maybe finish last in the conference. Like it was that wide, and yeah. then. Like the mid-season like roller coaster of the <laughs> Ferris State, NAU, Idaho State that that run that really took the spirits out of us, and then we we, we go from there and and just on a linear shot right, right straight to the Natty. Like it's so 
fucking fun. I'm so sorry, Janice. I know you're still probably listening. I'm glad you dropped that. I wasn't sure if I was able to drop some bombs on this thing. So thanks, I would just note that my mother would tell you that life would be happier. Life would be happier. But it was such a fun season because we didn't know week to week uh, if this ride would continue. Now, imagine being a South Dakota State fan. Like I'm, I know it's fun uh, being undefeated having 20 whatever games in a row that they've won but they didn't feel the ups and downs that we did and this is what life's about man (laughs) that was a fun season james and i we had this conversation in the third quarter right because third quarter is tough and you know james is kind of bummed out and we talked about how when you're a fan you root through those moments where things aren't going well because when it goes well, that's what makes it all the sweeter. And it's like you get those North Dakota State overtime moments, right? And those are those are even better because you were there when everybody was piling on. Um, so, I mean, to me, the season as a whole is nothing but a success. And I know there are people who still want to be like, oh, they didn't win the national champions, not a success. That is bullshit. Like, this season... Especially compared to where we were. They're a top 50 team in the FBI. Yeah. Oh, easily, easily. But, I mean, compared to where we were and what the expectations were, it was a lot of fun. And, and, you know, you guys doing this pod with us, we've talked so much about, like, it was just such a good reminder for Missoula and Montana on kind of what what Montana football can be and what it can mean to the community and, you know, what it's all about. Like, getting to do it with James. But being at Grizzfest... In, in Texas. And Luke, you could speak to this too. It was like a giant Montana reunion. I mean, it wasn't just like people that you see at the tailgates in Missoula, but like people who live in D.C. who aren't able to come to any games, but they made it to Texas to go to this national championship. I mean, there must have been 6,000 people at that thing. The official count was over seven. They're saying it's between Jeez. seven and 7,500. So it's somewhere wow. around there was how many people <laughs> showed up. It felt like it's a massive pep rally and a reunion. I would pick the high side because the guy scanning my four tickets that I bought got to the first one and then couldn't figure out the second one and he just waved us all over. <laughs> <laughs> that had to happen more than once. <laughs> oh, man. My, my FOMO was boiling over oh, when you guys were... The videos, I was just glued to so I like uh, Twitter and Instagram that night just watching everyone post their videos. I was... Yeah. I mean, I will... It looks so fun. It's one of the coolest Grizz events I've ever been to. And not to pile on your FOMO. Yeah, thanks. But, no, you're fine. But <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> I, first of all, the university met the moment for this whole playoff run. Mm. Everybody Big from time. Austin Valley and the team doing the, the oh. put together. J.K. Simmons and, got on right, that freaking exactly. hype video, man. How incredible. But to the <laughs> Alumni Association who who you know got all the charters up and running and organized Grizz Fest and of course you know athletics and the team. And it, I think it's just a reminder to everybody that we can do great things at Montana, mm-hmm. right? And Absolutely. It's like, come here and be a part of it. Yeah, high school students from around the region. There you go. It was so fun too to be at the Grizz Fest to see all of the former Grizz. Like there were so many like faces. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's here and that guy's here. And like I'm, I'm like half like a ten year old. I'm like, do I have a hat he can sign? Do I I still want an autograph? Sign my beer can. Like, will Shane McIntyre please sign my my hat? I mean. We, we see Shane somewhat often. We can probably yeah. get out of for you. Um, Dude, oh, I have one story to tell before I forget. I a random, uh, random like three degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of separation. 
between a guy I know and this other dude. His name's Hal um, Gronfine. Lives in San Antonio. This and sounds he, made up, but go on. He he wants to come on the pod hard. <laughs> he, he he comes to every Grizz game, and he lives in San Antonio. Holy no way! Damn. Every Grizz game, and he brings friends that he he has that live around the country. And he he was like they ran like I had a friend who has season tickets at Georgia, and he's come to Wagrez. He's like this is the coolest environment in college football. Is he and, an alumni? Sorry, I didn't interrupt, but I mean, like, what's the connection? he grew up in. Butte. His okay. parents were okay. alumni here. Got it. So it's that Montana home connection. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And it, so anyway, he like grabbed me and like you know I was like, hey, how? And he was like, like he was like intense and really like a dynamic, like charismatic dude. Um, and he's like, I love your podcast. I gotta come on. He's like, I, I've been to every Grizz home game for like ever for like decades, and he flies to every one. Dang. Um, I invite him to your tailgate next year. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luke's got a fan club. I'll, I'll tell you that um, Shelby. Yeah. You know, we've talked about one of the things that, that has made this run so special was this pod let us share it with so many more people, and it's like here you yeah. guys are. We're talking about this, and um, you know, and I think that you recognize this being being you know the voice of the Grizz for so many years now. You know, it's like you're that connection to people, and people come up, and it's their connection to things. It was a lot of fun to meet people who enjoy this, but we were talking about this before we started recording. I think James was the most famous person in Frisco. <laughs> no Did question. you meet people who are, who were fans of the pod? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody? Uh, anybody take selfies with you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of weird. This woman came came up to us in the hotel lobby, and me and Stacy and James are walking. She, she doesn't say anything to me or Stacy at first. She just says, "I want to meet James." And, there you go. <laughs> there was a post on Egris where someone uh, recognized James, but they were like in a cab and they were going to say hi. <laughs> but they were, thought it'd be too weird to be shouting out of the cab and be like, James! <laughs> I don't know. If it, I, it probably made it easier to be recognizable because there weren't a ton of 10 year olds wandering around the first one, You know, and so it was, it, was, it was easy to recognize. We had fun though, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the outcome of the game, would you say the trip was worth it? Yeah. Would you do it again? Yeah. Do you think you should recommend that Brent needs to go to Frisco next time? Yeah. I'll be there. Right. Don't worry. I'll be there. James, what was your favorite part of the whole thing? Of the trip? I don't know. Okay. You don't have an answer? Mm-mm. You got some new Grizz gear? Did the hotel have a pool? It did. We didn't, we didn't go in. Oh, okay. Too okay. busy. Yeah. Yeah, too Signing busy. autographs and taking selfies. You got to play on at the Grizz Fest with some of your buddies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know what I thought was kind of maybe one of the coolest underrated moments was the Grizz Walk. Oh, yeah. That was insane to see all the people there and and a perfect pathway. I mean, both teams did it, but to see the Grizz fans, I mean, just pour out for Mm -hmm. that. I mean, social media videos were. Yeah, James and I were right on the the fence line. We were behind the band, and it was, I, I mean, it was incredible. But then to see the videos afterwards of just how big the crowd was. I, I thought Frisco does a really nice job with that event. Yeah. 
they embrace it, right? And I think, I mean, they set the record. They passed Chattanooga for now 14 years. They've hosted in a row, and they want it. I mean, yeah. they, they want it, and you feel that from whether you go to a bar or you just, I mean, what was the place, Scruffy McDuffie's or something like that? I, I don't know. There was a bar that just totally revamped to a Grizz bar for the weekend, and they nice. were all wearing Grizz gear, Grizz flags. I mean, but you see a little bit of that all the way through it. I, I felt, I got there Thursday. This felt like for four straight days that you felt the only event that was there was the FCS championship, which was cool. And also, it comes with a, a caveat to me. There are four massive fan bases yeah. that make it, right? And I hate to give anyone over the hill some credit, but the two schools in Montana, South Dakota State and North Dakota State, yeah. if you have a matchup with two of those four, it is going to be on fire down yeah. there. And that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah, Mike, we had a question because you've been to Chattanooga. Yeah. <clears throat> Would... They're wondering the comparison between the two. So I'm curious uh, on this. The, the caveat being that when when, when, when when I was in Chattanooga, we had to spill the lead here. <laughs> Dang. When I was in Chattanooga, I was a lot closer to being a poor college student. So it's like my trip and the decisions I made were different. <laughs> <laughs> no follow up needed. On that. <laughs> oh gotcha. To me. It's Frisco hands down. And I kind of went into it kind of thinking like, oh, you know, Chattanooga. But the way the stadium even actually, I wish they could see about 5,000 more people. But like the setup where they can have the fan base on each side and it's easy to, you know, sell tickets and get in and and do all that. Um, I thought Frisco hands down. And you mentioned like the town embraces it. Like the mayor gave away fiddles to the bands, which was weird. But nonetheless, it's like... You know, if that if this game is in Vegas, which a lot of people call for it, like nobody in Vegas is going to care at all. No, everything goes to Vegas now. Yeah, everything. Goes and it's to like Vegas, Frisco. It's like it's Dallas, but it's not. And it's when I say it's Dallas, I, I say that in all the ways that it's it's close enough to a major metropolitan area where you know there's a big airport. It's fine, but and then it's not Dallas because it's this community that embraces it. And like you're saying, like there are bars that adopt each team and there are great places to go and wander around and be part of it it felt like you're away from the city right it was like 45 minutes north of dallas to where yeah you can fly into dallas but you don't need to go to dallas the entire time and i I know i didn't want to leave the area we kind of had things oh maybe we'll do a a tour of at&t stadium maybe we'll go down here and we never wanted to leave because it was so much fun to just be in the mix with everybody yeah Mm -hmm. and the charters stayed closer to dallas um and so that's maybe one thing i might do different is get a hotel closer to mm, that's true yeah i do kind of wish there was just like one strip of like sports bar type things in frisco like you know that you could like walk everywhere i didn't feel like you could walk everywhere in frisco but you know uber is is great like in chattanooga uber didn't exist yet right so you had to like taxi everywhere and everything or? was downtown in chattanooga yeah, right yeah. i think that's what at least somebody told yeah. me whereas so, I mean, I think that's what people are kind of going for. But I just think that the broader, like, everybody who wants to go is going to find a hotel room close enough to be there. You know, I I think it's a good spot for it. Hey, for as big of a city as Dallas is, I thought that airport sucked. <laughs> are you kidding me? The DFW? Yeah. I thought it sucked. What did you guys It's like a big square, right? It's like a, in like you a get tram on that connects thing, right? the yeah. thing. Yeah. It was dirty. It was trash. We went through security. We got a Whataburger. We ate it. We got on the plane. Uh, I don't really know. I was in there for a while. <laughs> better or worse than Denver? I like Denver's better. 
I've been there once. To Denver? But anyway, that's, I mean, this is like a really small gripe, but I was <laughs> yeah, like, I was expecting like a sick airport because there's like 10 million people in Dallas. And it's like one of the largest airports, maybe globally or something. It's massive. Yeah. So we did the charter and our, our charter, well, there's some weather issues. So we had to land in Vegas and sit on the, uh, you were on that one for an hour and a half because the pilots got over their time. But, um, <laughs> other than that, like we landed at Love Field. And the buses were right there, and it was the smoothest and best getting off a plane and getting somewhere that I've ever been. Now, you travel with the team, so that's probably very similar to what that is. But um, that was great. We flew out of Dallas-Fort Worth, though. Did you guys see that uh, that plane that had the door fly off mid-flight? Yeah. yeah. That wasn't yours. <laughs> You're talking to two yeah. guys that have to fly Alaska yeah, in the next couple yeah. months. Yeah. All right. So for that plane's not flying in the middle of row 36, or uh, just yeah. outside of yeah. whatever that row that is. Yeah. Now's the best time to fly Alaska, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never happened again. So um, <laughs> those doors are so tight they're not opening in emergencies either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, one of our listeners was on their way to Frisco, mm-hmm. and. The you know they were on Alaska, so they're in midair, land in Denver, you know. So in the air is when this other flight's door comes off. So they ground all the flights across the nation to like do a like a spot check on this issue to make sure it isn't systemic. And uh, so they're not they don't make their connection to Dallas. So him and his wife rent a car and drive through the night to get to Frisco by game time, by kickoff. Wow. So we had another on, on Twitter, but uh, uh, Tater Sloan. Tater. Uh, but, Tater. But he, uh, they wound up not making it, I don't think. Okay. Because he had tweeted that, I think that plane yeah, he did, was, he did make it. that plane was, about it. like, when it got to wherever it was going, then he was getting on it next, and they were taking off, and then just that weather that ripped through the whole area, and his yeah. flight got canceled, and he was, you know, he's like in, Portland area, I, I think. So, imagine. that'd be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, I, I feel like I met a lot of our Twitter followers in Texas, and I was pleased to find that some of them were actually real people. <laughs> 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 you know, they're not all burners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very real people. <laughs> I mean, to finish that thought too, just on, on Grizzfest and seeing people. Yeah. For eight years of doing this job, that might have been the most rewarding night of just oh, coming up and nice, seeing yeah. people say. We are connected through the radio broadcast, or we're connected through you. Thank you for what you do. And I'm sure you guys gotten all of that for what you guys do each Sunday to help connect people, right? I mean, during the season, but felt that in leaps and bounds from folks that, yeah, you, you've never met before. And, and it's the, the greatest part of this job is, you know, they come up, they feel like they know who I am, and I've never met this person. Hey, Riley, what's up? <laughs> ah, you know, should I know your name? But it, it was it was so cool in that regard. And Grizzfest was just a true celebration, I felt, of the entire season kind of culminated there. And I hate saying like a consolation prize, but it felt like the game was just the gravy on top. That to me was the culmination of the season in that event for everyone that came down there that, that followed the group, and it, it was just really rewarding. And don't get me wrong, I wish we would have won. I'm disappointed we didn't win. I want to win. I want to get back to that point. How many FCS teams are there? 128. So 128. We were number two. two. Clearly number two. Clearly number two. In that. You know, I think the Grizzfest and kind of like the atmosphere down there and just the whole university, it's kind of a reminder that if if college sports was solely about winning the national championship every year, 
universities couldn't justify doing it, right? Right. right. Because it just that that alone won't be enough. Like the goal is to win, but there are all these other goals too. But I also think it's just a good reminder in in the whole front porch to the university and the way to bring people together. What I'll say too is this season. First off, it was my first season for football here. My we should have had him on a long yeah, time ago. Say, I mean, knowing that you were the missing, like I've I've been to <laughs> Wisconsin, Ohio State when it's seven o'clock at night. College game day is there. It's number one versus number eighteen. ESPN, great atmosphere. I've been to NFL playoff games. I've been to all these great events. I've been to a national championship. But my God, some of the some of the games we saw at Wad Grizz this year, I, they top what I've seen oh, yeah. in pro sport. I, even Ferris State, D2 team coming here. Yeah. It I'm was an s- exciting game. It was. Absolutely. And I know everybody got all worked up about it, but like try and just live in that moment and look around and see 26,000 people. Oh, and by the way, Sugar Sean O'Malley is standing <laughs> right next to me. Yeah. Like, my God, you can't beat that. And that's like, and I know Bobby at 1.2 is like, you know. What makes college football great is the fans that maybe are a little um, over the top. I don't remember what the actual word was, but it's exactly true. Like without the the crazy college football fans that that give so many cares about eighteen to twenty four year olds, it seems insane. But guess what? It's awesome, and that's what makes this place awesome. Yeah. What What did you know coming in? Like, what did you know about us? Like, I, I love, first off, I'm going to let him answer, but I, I love this perspective of seeing it yeah. through his eyes, right? Because I, I grew up watching the Grizz, right? And and being here eight years now and waiting for a run like this has been magical, all of those words. But to see it through his eyes of someone that came in maybe a little bit blind to it all has been really fascinating. So that sets the scene for, go ahead. Completely <laughs> blind. I mean, I will tell you the only thing I really knew about the University of Montana was the is two years they made the playoffs. The one that we make the playoffs. True. I was going to cite basketball when they made the national tournament and played Michigan back to back. I'm a Big Ten guy. I grew up a Badger fan. So I remember those games. So when I came here, like, I didn't know much about Montana, Big Sky Conference play, et cetera, et cetera. But by the end of it, I mean, pregame show of the national championship, I legitimately had tears swelling my eyes because I get to know Riley. I get to know the players, Bobby, everybody that works at the university. I've been here, I don't know. 14 months, 15 months at this point, 16. I, I forget at this point. It's been, it feels like at this point, Butler week one was like two years ago at this point. But it only means the football season's closer, which is great. Yes. Yeah. I love that optimism. But it, it's a special place. And, and it just took me by storm by how crazy this place is. You hear FCS football, you don't think of these awesome fan bases. You think maybe a couple here and there. I don't care if it's FCS, FBS, D2, D3, NAIA. This is as good as it gets. Like, it's you, incredible. You know, I love everything about that, but you did say something that, that we've talked about before on this podcast, which is if you get to March Badness and you play that game, you it's got such reach. Right. That's how people yeah. learn about you. So, yeah. you know, well, we could switch to basketball here in a second. But also, know. though, and, and this is going to be me on a soapbox for a little bit because I heard the gripes from folks about the TV broadcast, right? And, and it felt like oh. a JV broadcast in a way or just that it was teeing up Michigan and Washington that more was than it was, part. right? So just the exposure, where, yeah, you make a national championship for football, which it means so much for us yeah. in the grand scheme of it all in the landscape. Mm-hmm. You get so much more reach by yeah going to the NCAA tournament. It's just it's fascinating to see it from the national angle because we know how much we care about football here. In right. Yeah. Yeah. 
it felt like like the broadcast like halftime they were just yeah. they didn't really, even talk about the they, game they just completely but, went away from Frisco and were they they were probably in Houston I guess getting ready for Michigan yeah, and Washington, um, Washington. Washington yeah really odd that they did that and just ignored the game that was actually being played on East or yeah. ABC it's which, happened it's happened before I mean it's man. kind of the way it goes I mean it's it. and but it's uh, obviously it's ESPN ABC right. it's where, where they're drawing the eyes and more people are concerned about that but right. yeah yeah it's all good I thought the broadcast itself was was fine the I, game watching broadcast, watching yeah. from TV I yeah yeah no I complaints on this side no. yeah <laughs> no nothing not. nothing just thinking about that product I think I've listened to your and Greg's broadcast of the NDSU game once a week since that game. Like, I'll put it on while I'm just doing stuff. It's so fun. Thanks, man. You I, I'm glad you guys posted I'm, that. I'm glad, too, because that, that one is one we want to relive forever, and it'll be available forever. So it's yeah. awesome for fans that don't know. We got the Cat game, Furman game, and North Dakota State up as podcast. So in the off season awesome. when you're craving Grizz football, you can go back to those But that's games. also kind of what's cool about this whole run is, like, this is the first really good run that the Grizzlies have had in this new social media era. Because social media existed when, you know, in 2009. But, but where it's, like, everything's available and all these things are easy. And we talked about this with Jimmy Ferris when he was on before the uh, uh, championship. But how a lot of stuff from his time, like, he's never even seen. Like, he was really excited because Kyle Hansen went and did a lot of, like, digging into the archives to kind of find some yeah. of that stuff and he's like this is the first time i've seen it since it happened and that is just so not the case mm-hmm. so it's like you know it's 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 all memorialized but. can i uh share a story about the ndsu game you certainly so, can please i mean you guys are <laughs> the guests is, on the podcast. this is the time <laughs> final, and place to do it <laughs> final play happens i'm supposed to be sideline reporter i'm supposed to be a legit journalist you know chiming up to these guys with oh this happened on the field this happened on the field I lost my absolute shit. <laughs> so there's a picture that I think it was Brooks Nuanas who took of me, Ken Haslam, one of the Washington. Oh, We're celebrating yep. with the crew. I'm yelling into the void. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> During it, I like I slap my arm this way. I rip my headphones apart pretty much. Where like I lost the cord. I lost the audio to Riley and, and and Greg. So I'm just going solo. I lost my cell phone on the field. I'm jumping around. I'm going, Hell yeah, yeah! And I finally get the cord back. And I hear Riley at one point go, maybe if Ace is down there, and I'm trying to flip on the mic. I'm like. Oh God! I disconnected that cord too, and I have to go find that. I was a complete mess after that. Like I just turned into full fan and kind of ruined your guys' broadcast. No, did you ever get it put back together so you could join? I don't think I really did. No, like the, 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 yeah, Bobby was the next one who took the mic, and I was completely gone at that yeah, point. Yeah, so. Ace's final report was at the end of the first overtime, and we never got him again. We never, we never got him. Although he was right there in the corner, we never got the third perspective. It would have been overtime. great information. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Oh man, I. I think from that celebration, one of the mo- one of our iconic clips that's going to live for a long time is the high five as the cannons going off in there. Yes. Where it's just like, yeah, it was Walker and Gradney, right? Wasn't yep. it? And yeah, yeah, and the cannon fires, right? Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of questions that talk about national champions stuff like that. So maybe what we should do is we can stay on football. Initial, or... Let's do an initial little wrap okay. on the game, and then let's talk basketball. Okay. And kind of do that, and then we'll get to questions, which I think are going to kind of go all over the place. I, yeah, questions. There are questions I mean, about basketball. There are questions about. Football. We have questions about basketball. I, I think, yeah, and I mean, I think we've hit a lot of the football questions. Actually, a lot of people just want to know about Frisco, and that kind of stuff as well too. Some people with some roster so questions, but yeah, yeah. 
Well, there's plenty more to talk about, but I kind of put it into the off-season t- conversation, so yeah, we can yeah, do that yeah. after. Yeah. But any other kind of final points on the game itself? I just felt, right, you look at what South Dakota State did last year. Now, they, even though they won, they went there last season, and they felt, I mean, they felt the energy of first off being in Frisco, and they had the run and the mindset of, we're going to run this thing back. And everybody came back. And I know that the last week has been a little bit crazy for Grizz fans wondering who's staying, who's going, all of yeah, that. Yeah. Well, the exception of one, everybody is on board to run this thing back again. Yep. And I feel that just that motivation of being there, you you guys can feel it. You feel that energy and oh, yeah. vibe. You want oh, yeah. it back. It's, I mean, it's like oh, yeah, a drug. You want more, but you want more. Like, let's yeah, go. And yeah. It, it, yeah, we're not done talking about football. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just want to keep – and I feel – that's the case with this group, right? Or you're going to have a hungry team yeah. where I'm so excited for the future. I'm so excited for next year. Like, let's go. Missouri so State, know, come on. What was interesting? Winter condo, two weeks away or something. Oh, well, seven weeks away. Can you imagine? Oh, they no. get no break. None. None. I mean, I know when you're 20, whatever, like two weeks off is an eternity. But still, winter condo, two weeks away. They get, they get a break after spring drills. Yeah. It's summer. When it's warm and you can jump into the water. But just think about how long the cats have been resting. Like, they're ready for winter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, I had a point to make here. It's completely got lost. Okay. With the you. cat comment threw you off. Let's right move away. on. Let's move on. <laughs> Football roster, run it back. Okay. No. South Coast State. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, one of the other fun things is obviously, you know, we do this podcast, but we've gotten to know kind of people who do other podcasts for other teams. And there are a handful of FCS guys who go to all the national championships. Some of them are weird, and some of them are very nice. And we'll let them decide who's who. Um, he's nice. Yeah. Um, careful, because some of them listen. But anyway, so, so the big sky guys. Even the weird ones. The big sky guys, we have this thread year round and we actually talk more basketball than football and it feels like it but it's like you kind of you get to know a little bit of these guys so they all came and found me during the game that's the picture I saw yeah okay because I I, I've met a few of them in person not all of them but interesting they said it that was right in the middle of the third quarter it was right when McDowell fumbled and you know it was like ah it's probably done now but their observation collectively was one they were blown away by Grizz fans because there were less of us in South Dakota State because they had more time to, to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. But they said, you are night and day louder. Most of them were sitting in the end zone so they could kind of hear both sides. But the other thing they said was they they commented that they felt of the two teams that Montana was much more likely to be back in the national championship next year than South Dakota State. And to talk about how many people South Dakota State's losing, but to me that spoke so well to kind of where the program has positioned itself and – you know, we've got people we've got to replace, but that's a pretty good foundation in my mind. I thought that was a good compliment coming from people who really don't like the Grizz. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect spot, too. I mean, guys that want us to lose every single game, right? But yeah. 10 returning starters, well, 9 returning starters on offense for the Grizz. Right now, defensively, we'll see. I mean, can they replace the linebacking core, right? Yeah. Get, Governor, how do you how do you fill that void? I mean, that guy was absolutely incredible. And I do feel the depth that we've saw on defense, though, this year, five safeties, four corners, five linebackers, six to seven D linemen, 
that's going to play a huge part in trying to replace defensively. But offensively, I am so excited. Same. And I'm really excited about number eight as well, a yep. quarterback. I like it. We will talk about that in this podcast. Okay. okay as long good. as we have a grad transfer senior quarterback, I think we're going to. Get out of here. <laughs> Brent is an ageist. He believes that. The Grizz fan pod loves the backup quarterback. <laughs> no, oh, my God. Oh, man. My There's God. one guy does. does. Okay, one guy does. <laughs> <laughs> if they are a senior, I love them. <laughs> so you liked Chris Brown? Absolutely. I still, I actually, still like. So, so I still like KB twelve. But I think, that, I think <laughs> like we could diagnose this because I think what it is is just we just want so badly to have a like elite QB. And I've got some stats we'll talk about later. Oh great! Let's talk about basketball because we did schedule you to talk about basketball. Um, I went. Well, James and I went, we all went to both games this week in Missoula, both the men's games. The refs sucked against you and <laughs> James has got opinions. I'm sure glad he can um, say that stuff. Well, I, I, I have some thoughts on that too. But I'll tell you, oh my God. it He's was very frustrating, very frustrating to blow a 10-point lead with three minutes to go. It just felt like, here we go again. Yeah. So, Riley, you tell me, and then you're going to tell me a different question along similar lines. You tell me why this year's different and what the rest of conference season looks like in your mind. And then the question for you is kind of similar. Are the Lady Grizz ready to take that next step? I think what's different about the men this year is their experience, number one. They are top 50 yeah, in the yeah. country in experience. They have six seniors that play that there's no next year. This is it. And you're going to see desperation, I think, later on in the year, right, when it, when it comes down to, okay, this is our final run. And I feel like we've, saw, we've seen that in times. And that game Thursday was frustrating. They've won 9 of 11, yeah. right? So they have, I felt, turned a corner, especially with Money Williams. Yeah, they, they've, had to, they've had to re-identify themselves Three different times this year, and Money Williams was back and on with the team. Yes, on the on the scooter with his foot injury, but he was back with the team. Which he's the was freshman. Glad to see. Yes, yeah, true freshman from Oakland, and there's optimism that you know month of February we could be seeing number zero again. So okay. we're all crossing our fingers for that because I know that was probably a question too. <laughs> When's Money Williams going to play? Yeah. But at the same time, I just feel that. This team, again, they've had to re-identify themselves three times. They, they took their lumps in November. They got smacked by a couple of good teams, right? Houston, Nevada, Oregon. Then December comes, okay, Money Williams. The Money Williams show is here. They won five in a row. Then he gets hurt. They get blasted at Weber State. The response has been really impressive to me in both times after the conference losses. No one wants to get their ass kicked by 30 against Weber State, right, of all teams. Worst conference loss under Travis. Then they bounce back. Again, short, undermanned, and able to win that game. So I like what I'm seeing and what's different, too, offensively. It's a different squad. I know that there's been a lot of gripe, and, hey, I'm raising my hand as well, style of play sometimes, right, that it becomes predictable and stagnant. This team is explosive offensively. They're averaging 80 points per game. We haven't been able to say that for the Grizz. That's the third highest in school history. Is that where you're throwing up the three? Oh, the three balls? Yeah, the three balls. Yeah. I mean, they, they made 39 threes the last three games. That's the most in a three-game stretch in two decades. So I think offensively they're so versatile and have that experience. Defensively, it's been different. Normally that's what they're good at. Not so much, and it's driving Coach DeKear crazy. But it's so weird, and I'm, I think I'm with you guys are with me on this, that it has changed since the conference tournament is at a neutral site because it meant so much in years past to win the regular season crown and to host. But it feels like now that 
everyone just kind of positions themselves for Boise. And you really start seeing the teams that care, that are experienced, that ramp it up in February a little bit. I'm not saying I'll dismiss them all in January, but at the same time, I think that is why this team is going to be different than years past. Talking about the differences in the offense and defense, and defense has been a hallmark of Travis's career, um, both as a player and, of course, as a coach. Defense seems like less skill-based at times. I mean, to be an elite defender requires all sorts of athleticism and skill and instinct. But it's, I think, the most coachable part of basketball. And do you think that that gives you, does that give you any optimism to say that like throughout the course of the season with six seniors, like you said, that that defensive end will click even if we don't have it clicking right now and then when that locks in with the addition of this more explosive offense anything can happen that's such a that's such a great point i I think you're absolutely right because in years past it's like okay they're coachable and they're really good defensively but they just don't have that oomph on the offensive end this year it's the opposite they've got it offensively and once they get the buy-in i think from everybody playing that team defense they don't have the bobby moorhead they don't have the fabian krislovic from a, a defensive side of things where that's their one focus they're going to play defense they don't care if they score there's scores on the floor, I think, for the Grizz. Lauluoki might be the only one where he's like, I don't care if I score. Just let me get 10 rebounds and I'll get five block shots. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna, you know, maybe be number one on Sports Center with my only dunk of the night, and that's fine. But yeah. at the same time, that's why I feel that, yeah, I, I think that the defense can be something you buy into, right? Thursday was not good against Northern Colorado. What did they focus on for 48 hours? Defense. I know Northern Arizona is not as good, and they're probably, you know, bottom three in the big sky. That might be being nice. They still double up. Absolutely. Yeah. Hold them under 50 points. Any time you hold the division one team under 50 there was buy-in there so once you get that just consistently once the games matter a little bit more i think that you're going to have a complete team and that's i'm excited i'm excited for what these guys can do there's a clear top four to me in the big sky on the men's side Mm -hmm. of things i mean weber eastern northern colorado and the gris and i think that you know when push comes to shove it's about finding that groove in late february early march and i'm optimistic about it okay We'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Lady Grizz. They, so you think about Brian Holsinger. It's his third season here. He would go on record and say, year one, they could defend. They couldn't score. Year two, they could score. They couldn't defend. Yeah. Year three, you're starting to see that mix. The team can score any time out. They just put up 89 against NAU as their most against a D1 opponent all season. But the defense is improving, and I think that's the important part because they were giving up some big numbers early on. They just weren't they weren't locked down. And I'm not sure if, if you would ask Brian, are you there yet? He'd say no, like, just like any head coach, right? He would say that all year. Exactly. <laughs> like He would never be sufficient with it. But they still held their opponent to under their season average of points allowed per game of five of the last eight times now. They're getting better defensively, and you're seeing some of the younger players too, specifically Macy Heward. Great athlete, mm, tremendous yeah. athlete, especially on the offense. She's going to be special. I mean, she got offers to North Carolina. Like, she could have gone to a large Division One school. And the funny thing is she didn't want to play with her sister Haley. She didn't want to go to the same school. <laughs> Something flipped at the end. And that's credit to Brian. Like, oh. Brian is a master recruiter, and he gets this, this just freak athlete at 18 years old. And 
Of course, she's gonna have some growing pains, right? But she's starting to come into her own. You did that the whole team right now defensively is starting to do that. And I know that Northern Colorado loss, that was brutal. They flipped the script. They scored 21 points. They did as in the, the Lady Grizz. They scored 21 points in the second half. That's something we have not done all season. We score, that's never the problem. They are top 10 in three-pointers per game. They're top 25 in three-point percentage in the entire country. They're top 10 in three-point attempts. Like, <laughs> at the very least, they are a very entertaining team to watch. But that night against uh, Northern Colorado, just weird. They they had some physicality and some length that just kind of threw us off, off, uh, off kilt. But to answer your question, whether or not they have what it takes to win a Big Sky Conference, it's going to be tough. Eastern Washington, they're really good. Yeah. If you have not followed the Eagles, they are stacked. Now, Montana, I think we have the best shot of taking them down this year. Eastern has a guard, Jamie Loetta. She played in the Pac-12 down at Arizona State. She has been phenomenal. She should have been Big Sky Conference preseason player of the year. For whatever reason, no shot at Esmeralda Morales out of Portland State. She got it, but it should have been Loetta. She does everything. She scores. She facilitates. She is a true power five point guard. And with her at the helm with Eastern, they're incredible. They got scores left and right. They got physicality off the bench. So Eastern, no doubt about it. They're going to be the favorites going into the Big Sky Conference right now. Montana's going to be second, though. Like, I think beating NAU on, on uh, Saturday, I'm getting my days mixed up. I've been traveling all over <laughs> hell recently. And, but beating NAU Saturday in that, in that shootout game just tells me that that's at the end of the longest road trip of the season. You know, we fly into Denver, drive to Greeley, drive back to Denver, fly to Phoenix, drive to Flagstaff, play the game, fly back to, or drive back to Phoenix, and then finally, you know, fly out. But the, the fact that they go into Flagstaff at 7,000 feet above sea level, they come out with an 89-84 win, that tells me they're second in line to Eastern, maybe first. I, I think it'll be Eastern Montana if I had to predict for a Big Sky Conference championship. And what helps this year, they've got some key transfers in Maggie Esmond, Miller McGraw, an absolute scorer from Iowa State, MJ Bruno from Portland, defender, kind of the energy player. She hypes everyone up. Heck, she hypes me up on the bus <laughs> when she's getting ready to go off for shoot around. Those two will be a key factor, especially this year when we lost some key uh, pieces. You know, Libby Stump tears her ACL. She's right. done for the year. Yeah, it was a bummer. It, oh, it was a huge bummer. bummer. And she's one of the sweetest people you ever meet. It's just, it was heartbreaking, honestly. Macy Donarski, a freshman from La Crosse, Wisconsin, was supposed to uh, right. contribute big time. She was supposed to be the defender of the year. She blows her knee out. Keely Burton Oliver has to step aside. It's just, you know, we lost a lot of pieces, but this team is deep. And those two transfers, I think we'll be able to push the Lady Grizz over the is, hill that we've been needing so badly. Does Maggie have... Is it, does she have two seasons of eligibility? Is she a grad transfer? She's a grad transfer. And okay. what Maggie wants to do after this is coaching. And what's awesome oh. is you're already starting to see the coaching because Macy Heward, the, the aforementioned freshman, she's the first on the floor pretty much any time, shoot-around game, whatever it is. Maggie's usually right there with her. Just as that kind of, and I asked Brian about it, and Brian said, you know, I think Maggie sees Macy in her, just this freakishly athletic 18-year-old guard that can score, kind of needs some grooming, and Maggie just, nobody asked her to. She just stepped into that role and said, let's let's work on X, Y, Z. I'm going to hmm. be with you at shoot-around. Let's be here. So I, she won't she won't play again, but I think she's going to be a great coach down the road as well. 
you know, I hate to bring this up, but it, it seems like the Lady Grizz program is cursed with knee injuries. Like it, it just yeah. seems like this is just a reoccurring unfortunate thing. Kaylee Valley yeah. comes to mind for me. I mean, that was an unreal team. Coach Selvig, his final run. I mean, that might have been a, a title. Well, and, and unfortunately too, like just in women's athletics, it's mm. it's you're more prone to tear your uh, ACL. And I can't really get into the science of it. I've been told multiple times before, but just the joints are mm-hmm. different, right? And and it is super interesting. And I again, I can't go into it. I don't know the science of behind it, but. It, it does suck at the end where you just say you're going to women's basketball and like there's a decent chance compared to men that there's mm. gonna, you're going to tear an ACL at one point. That just flat out sucks, honestly. We really don't hear it as much like on the men's basketball side. No. Yeah, we've had. I With mean, the, compared to what you hear out of here on the women's. We've had three in the. We had three in the first month and or preseason. Like bang, bang, bang. It, it's yeah. it's honestly hard to comprehend that you have that many right away. That's a bummer. Um, shifting away from that topic, uh, with the Cats this weekend. It's already, I mean, oh, this is the crazy thing about how this football season just went yeah. and went. I mean, we are in basketball season. It's rivalry week. It is. It, it kind of felt like to me, too, that you were in the building. It felt like Saturday against NAU. It, that the fan base like, okay, we're, right, we're, we're here. Yep. They took Thursday night off. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, We'll blame the temperatures on that one, maybe. But at the same time, yeah, it, we're in the fold of it. And we're jumping in. And, it's weird. You know, I mean, Ace and I normally, we get a nice break in December by a week or so. And yeah, it yeah. was the best reason to not have a break. But holy smokes. I mean, we're just jumping right back into it. And yeah. it's rivalry week. And uh, to say we owe those guys one is an understatement. I mean, they mm-hmm. were pounding their chest for good reason. It was the first time ever that they had the 5-0 and sweep, right, with football, both hoop, yep. I mean, all four hoops games. They've only done it once in their school's history. We've done it nine times. So it'd certainly be nice to go over there and get a sweep. But, yeah, it'll be fun to get ready for rivalry week on Saturday. Well, and, and on the women's side, since Brian got here, the Cats are 3-1 mm-hmm. uh, against the Lady Grizz. Right. One win was a Carmen G. Feller, just dynamo performance. Yep. She puts up. 34 that day in Missoula. That was the one win in the last two years. Same thing, though. Montana State, they lose uh, Lexi Deaton to a torn ACL. I mean, right off the bat, they yeah. lose one of their yep. key pieces. Jeez. On top of, le- of losing three of their key pieces from last year, Darian White, who is an all-conference player, she transfers to Nebraska. Beasley, she goes to NAU. They lose another player. Like, the Cats are down in terms of, you know, their co-conference championship team from a year ago, but... Trisha Binford's been doing this a long time, and yeah, you can yeah. never look past what she does. So I don't anticipate – I think you look in the rosters, you look in the lines, you say, okay, Montana's got a good chance, but nah, let's just hold – you know, like you never want to yeah. look past the Cats, especially with Binford at the helm. Um, how how have they looked as, as conference season started? The Cats? Yeah. I mean, she, they're always competitive with her. They always but they've been beat and so they've been beat up. I think that's the key part. They went down to Flagstaff. They lost. They got beat up. Northern Colorado. It ended up being a six-point loss. They were down double digits. Had to crawl back. But again, I just don't look past them. I will never look past the Coach Benford team. But they haven't looked sharp. I would say, especially this last weekend. Now. Granny, you can always say some of that has to do with the travel because it is the longest travel weekend. They did the same thing with us, the Greeley Flagstaff trip, but I wouldn't look past them this weekend, even if they have looked a little down, you know, mm. compared to years past. What about what about the men? We got a new coach. 
Danny Sprinkle went to Utah State. And right? how about what they're doing? I've heard, oh I mean, they're God. 16 and one. Yeah. They have the longest winning streak in the country. He had zero returning points, zero from the team last year. That is crazy. It's, it's um, the guy can coach. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, and you hate to admit it or give them any oh, he's credit. Gone now. I'll it, admit of it course. Go I sat down there on the other end going, man. Every time we go into the a matchup in the Big Sky, I feel Travis has the coaching edge. When we went into those battles with those guys the last couple of years. Danny Sprinkle's the real deal. I mean, yeah, yeah, and yeah. what they're doing at Utah State, tip their tip your hat, give them credit. Great Osibor, a guy that uh, played. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the, the Robin to the Batman of Jabril Bello. I mean, he's going down there and tearing it up at Utah State. I love, I love that analogy. <laughs> I mean, he's averaging a double-double. I think like 20 and 10 is what he's averaging. So he's taking a couple guys from Montana State and being able to do that. That being said, I, I thought – coming into the year that the Cats were really going to struggle, right? But Matt Logie can coach. And he, they lost to an NAI team, but they, they've found their groove since then. They had. I mean, yeah. how many... well in conference, right? Oh, yeah. 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 How, how many teams in the history of college basketball have lost to an NAIA school and beaten a Power 5 school in the same year? They beat Cal and oh, lost sorry. to Rocky Mountain College in the same month. I mean, wild. So you didn't really know what to expect, and... You know, they didn't have many returners back either. They've been one of the biggest surprises in the Big yeah. Sky Conference. There's, there's no getting around that. I mean, they are second right now at three and one. They beat the same Northern Colorado team that came yep. in here and beat the Grizz uh, on Thursday. Yep. So you have to tip your hat and give them credit. That being said, I kind of echo what Ace was saying about the Cat Women, to where they had this dominant run for a while, and you know it's going to be a step back. Do they have that it factor? We're going to find out. Saturday is going to be really their, their first big moment. And as you guys know, this rivalry, you have to play in it, I feel, a time or two mm. to realize what it means. And there's not many people on the cat side that have played in this before. So we'll see. I would say that's advantage Grizz. Grizz should be the winning side on Saturday. But same time, they have surprised me so far, the cat on the men's side of things. Is school going to be back in session? Yes. yes. School's back. So we'll have students back yep. Thursday. It's in Bozeman. Though. In Bozeman. Oh, no, right. Yep. That's right. This one's yep. in Bozeman. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, they'll be back, though. They'll be back, though. Not a lot of homework that first weekend, either. <laughs> right? No, Syllabus no, week. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Syllabus week. <laughs> I love the double dip, too. It's just cool. It's a cool tradition, you know, that you get... The women Both, at two, yeah. the men yeah. at seven. It just feels like an event, right? The the top two days yeah, like in Monsanto. Yeah, it's I cool. Agree. And thought we'd get them on the, the back half. What's going to be nice this year is they love to parade around the trophy when they win the rivalry yeah. matchup and oh, the, we'll the big sky time. title, yeah. and they just kind of rub your nose in a little bit. So it certainly will be nice going over there on Saturday and not <laughs> having to I'm deal with all that. of that. Yeah, I'll be I great. Agree. And then Monday. Jeez. Yeah, we are we back at it. Yeah. This guy's on the road again. Where you go? So, here's what I'm hoping as a Packers fan, as Bryn knows, that we, right. we will play either Saturday or Sunday. I would very much guess it's Saturday night during. The really? I'm going to so? guess Sunday at 4:30. That's I the marquee match. Because, Packers Niners. Yeah, because, that's the media market. Um, yeah. I guess we don't know what the other we, three we matchups the other are three, at this point. Like, we won't know till Tampa night. Bay and tomorrow night. Yeah, we yeah. play tomorrow night. We'll play the winner well, of Buffalo. The they play so it's like too, that game's probably not going to be but, on Saturday because it's played on Monday. Right. That's a good point. That the teams that yeah, play Monday can't true. play Saturday. So you're going to be following along. So oh, my, we're going to be in a gym in Spokane for James' basketball. <laughs> oh, so okay. oh man. Yeah. All my hope is is that I can catch both games at this point. Cause I'm a huge Packers fan over here. After beating Dallas, I'm just ecstatic oh, yeah. at this point. But we'll play Saturday afternoon. I was hoping either Saturday night where I can kind of split screen it as I'm watching the, the men's game and just have it on my phone. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and then we take off. So Sunday, uh, we fly out. Actually, the team flies out Saturday night for Ogden. Spend the night there, spend all of Sunday there, and then they play Monday night. It is a really weird schedule. We didn't have this exact scenario it's last year. Weird, unbalanced. Yes, you got to squeeze oh, in. To, every yeah, team has yeah, to squeeze yeah. in two Monday games, yeah. and so this is one of them. What I don't like is that it's very clear from the men's side of things that Montana and Weber is one of the premier rivalries, if not the number one rivalry in Big Sky basketball. Well, it feel, the two matchups are Thursday to open conference play over Christmas break, and, and then a Monday night in Missoula. Yeah. So well, it would be the Big Sky conference if they didn't do a good job of like highlighting the things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Side note, <laughs> we digress. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that, and I, I'm interested to see the response for the Grizzly men. I mean, you lose by oh, thirty. Yeah. That was. Yeah. That was alarming. So surprising. I mean, in 10 But years, that was the first game that he was hurt. You and so it's like the team kind of figuring out, all right, who, what's our identity yep. right now? And, and they got – and then the old Mike Tyson phrase, right? You don't know your plan until you get hit in the mouth. Well, they got hit in the mouth, and they didn't really kind of know how to respond at that point. So I'm curious to see. It's obviously going to be a much different game in Missoula. But uh, that one matters to old Dylan Jones. He's uh, – he came back to, to run it back for back Weaver State, yeah. and this game matters to him. So I'm curious. It's a massive week, especially, I mean, for both teams. But I just feel for the Grizzly men, it's your top two rivals that you get to play back-to-back. And I guess with already two conference losses, a little bit of desperation mode, I would say. In early, I mean, if you want to be considered yeah. Yeah. for the regular season crown, you kind of got to take care of business this week. So it'll be a fun weekend, but... Fast and Furious, Saturday, Monday, turn around. I just had a friend randomly text me and said, he says, how much of the pod tonight is going to be focused on Green Bay versus San Francisco? (laughs) (laughs) Less than you would have thought. Because right now I'm actually kind of following along. Detroit is like less than two minutes away from winning their first playoff game. They just just converted first down inside the two-minute warning. I think Rams are out of timeouts. I I think this game's over. ESPN's thing is 99.9% win probability. Yeah, that was... I think that's it. Boy, you know, we did we did set up the Sunday night TV, which we do sometimes when we'll know our teams in it. But I maybe undersold the history that we're missing with the with I the told you you should have done it. You notice everything you do is complaining about me, you know? <laughs> I thought I'd get more credit for taking you to Frisco. Hey, Teaching man, you important you to, things. You like, have to do the Cornell games. You have to be good in those. So we met some friends and played cornhole at a bar in Frisco. It was the only place we were outnumbered by South Coast State fans. Um, and James and I were partnered up playing some friends of ours on cornhole. And we nailed the first game. And then James carried me the rest of the way. <laughs> and he let me know. Like in how many, no uncertain terms. How many beers deep were you, though, Mike? <laughs> I mean, James, it gets harder. <laughs> The more games you play, it's true. It's true. I, I never, I never drink in front of my child. <laughs> I was feeling a jerk with cornhole. I call it bag. 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 Yeah. Well, that's what they called it there too. But here's the thing: I'm a dumb Midwesterner, and you hear the bags when I say bags. It's always the ag. That's the accent that bag. pops up. But everybody here, yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah. You hear it. like when I say Wisconsin, when I say bags, when I say both. That's where it comes out. It's the O's, the A's. I will say that if you say, hey, let's go throw bags, it kind of sounds cooler than, 
Hey, let's go play cornhole. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. <laughs> Thank you. It's about time someone yeah. says that. You waited 15 months in Missoula before Truly, someone agreed with your take. Honestly, on nice. I did. This was great, though, to start the pod because I, I had not met Ace yet. And he comes in and uh, Mike opens the door and all of a sudden I hear a lot of commotion. And then it's... And that's it. Do you know who Jersey It's Eddie Lacy, right? Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Clearest rack? Where'd you get that? Uh, <laughs> no, I got it. I got it when he was at the peak of his okay. Packers career. Oh, dang. But I've just been wearing it since. Like so you paid DJ. full price. So you're yeah, telling I me. I did, unfortunately. So you're getting mileage later. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so, James. Uh, there it is. What's up? Oh, game over. Yeah, Did they win? It's over. Wow. 24, so 23. one uh, a, a loyal pod listener um, who Ian Laird mm-hmm. over in Belgrade yeah. uh, is a Lions fan. So I, I messaged him oh, earlier and I was like, so. you're, I was like, you're welcome because Packers winning, Lions get another home game because mm-hmm. they're going to host the winner of Bucks Which I Eagles. feel that that's karma a little bit because they got screwed so bad in Dallas and they yeah. should have been the two they seed anyway. Been, been. So yeah. I, it's just funny how it all works out. And so now they get the most favorable matchup because they get the winner of Philly and Tampa. Yeah. So I, watch out for the Lions. I mean, I like Boy, Lions. You're I don't know. showing your second team homerism most favorable <laughs> Let's matchup. go, Riley. Jeez. Hey, hey, happy wife, happy life. And let's just say, Eddie Lacy, you know what Eddie Lacy and I have in common? Cheap China food. We're the same weight. Can I ask the three Niners fans here, are you at all worried about Green Bay next week? A hundred percent I am. You are? Yeah, I, Jordan Love, I have been Unbelievable. really enjoying watching him come Luke's together. Like, we got Luke to say <laughs> no. But I think, I, like, here's what I think. I think both teams are going to score. It's, it's does, does San Francisco's defense figure out how to stop um, right. Love at some point? Yeah. And Jones looked good today. He's looked, he's looked, he's looked great for the last a month, four weeks. For a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 123 touchdowns. My yeah. dumb sports fan mind, I, I mean, everything is pointing to San Fran, obviously, but after tonight, I'm like, ooh, do we have a little bit of a chance here? Was, My dad's like, we could win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, know. oh, calm down, Dad. we got to go to San Francisco. It's like Tony Romo on the boat. Like, oh, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> aren't the Packers this year like the, the youngest team to yeah. make the playoffs since like 1970 or yeah. something like that? Something wild like that. Youngest team to ever win a playoff game. I, yeah. guess my, I heard that today. My buddy Kelly. Ellen talked some shit a couple weeks ago, and he goes, "Okay, for the record, James looked up Eddie Lacy's weight, two fifty three. He's a little bit smaller, than <laughs> but not much." Yeah. <laughs> but these Packers fans have been talking shit for weeks, Mike. Yes, they have. They're like, "Oh, we're on a collision course." But you know who else was talking a lot of shit? The Cowboy fans. So I'm yeah. just gonna enjoy. How about the Cowboys? Cowboys? Yeah. Here, here is your stat of the night. Playoff wins in AT&T Stadium. Dallas Cowboys, two. Green Bay Packers, three. That is a crazy stat. I saw that you shared that earlier tonight. That's amazing. That is crazy. And I will tell you, every time they panned a Jerry up there, I was like... Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Especially there was a point where, like, was it they didn't, they got a fourth down, they didn't pick up, and they panned to Jerry, and he turns around and he throws something yeah. down. <laughs> it was I like, saw oh, on Twitter. Mike McCarthy just got like, fired. Jerry Jones really wants to throw this Dr. Pepper on the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a sweet meme of uh, when that happened, too, of. Jerry Jones wants Bill Belichick's phone number right now. That's a lie, Belichick. I would not be surprised. That is a yep. that is a front page hire. I mean, I would not be surprised if that's yeah. what happens there. Um, let's circle back. Any other th- points that you think are important about about these basketball teams? As FDU. We- 
What? FDU. Fairly Dickinson Fair University. That's what I was going to say. Okay, that's, a, that's only Love the Knights. All right. Beat, beat Purdue. Is that what we're looking at here? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was like, what? Good note. Um, sorry, no. Lady Grizz, Men Grizz. Let's focus here. James doesn't have school tomorrow, so he's like, do I get to hang out for the whole pod? Yeah, of course yeah, he does. Here yeah. he is. See, he's when I come on, you get the full pod because I came here during the last week of summer last time in August, too, so... I get the James full experience. Every well, that's time we, last night in the game, he's like, oh, I didn't go say hi to Riley. I was like, oh, you're going to see him tomorrow night. So, <laughs> don't worry. I know. It's a good luck charm, too, so you got to keep doing yeah. it. So one question someone had, and maybe both you guys could answer this, um, like what do, what in your eyes, what do the basketball programs need to do to get attendance back up? And, I mean, I know the basketball's tough because December, January, students aren't in session. Uh, people are out of town. But, you know, like me growing up, I went to Grizz basketball in the 80s and I sat in the general, which is now the bar, right? And there was regularly 4,000 plus. And now it's like we're kind of whatever official they announce, it's, it's less. So do you guys see anything where it's like there's something? Is it winning more, bringing or, uh, do you want it or do you want me? The only <laughs> thing that like pops to my mind is, and again, I've only been here a year, so I can't talk about how it's been in the past. But I, I think like you're seeing that kind of all over the country, at no matter yeah. what yeah, level you're talking about. This is not about. limited to Missoula. This is a college basketball. And it's because you're fighting for, you're fighting for eyes uh, with Hulu. Netflix, oh, yeah. uh, Peacock, live TV, I don't, uh, uh, theater, all this stuff. Sure. Like, I, I'm just thinking, like, when you were talking about when you went yeah. to games, like, you didn't have those kind of options, right? Yeah. And, no, like, not at all. I think nowadays, uh, kids especially, like, you think of a college kid at, uh, sitting at his dorm, he just goes, Do I want to go to this basketball game? Or I can flip it on ESPN Plus quickly and watch it for a bit and then go watch whatever's trending on Netflix. And yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I can't talk to how to get it back up, though. Maybe that's more Riley since he's been here a while. I'm glad that you covered that angle because that is a massive issue across the, even the rest of the big sky. Everybody's oh, yeah. attendance oh, yeah. numbers are down. I mean, even the Weaver State game, I mean, I mean 3,000 people to watch that is just well, the depressing. the usually have about 50 people. Uh, maybe. Yeah, if they count maybe, the if they count maybe. the teams, they have 50 yeah. people. But <laughs> I, I would say from the Grizz side of things because I, I understand <laughs> where, where people, I mean, you look at the 18-19 teams and you compare it to now and you're thinking, oh, yeah. I think that there is maybe a lack of connection, right, with community team at some point. And that plays a big part in, in being invested in these guys to where now you have the transfer portal. It was awesome to watch a Michael Guine grow from a freshman to a senior and you felt invested in, in him. Bobby and Chris Levick, same deal. Bobby Moore had that, that run. Mac Anderson, even the last couple of years, the transfer portal and the ever-changing rosters – I just felt it hasn't been there since the COVID, COVID area, but COVID era. But at the same time, yes, we're spoiled here at Montana. But winning changes a lot of things. I, I feel that there has been some complacency with the men's side of things. But but what I will go to bat with with the team, at least this year, goes back to what we said a couple minutes ago. The style of play is much different. The last couple of years, yeah, it was maybe tougher to watch it at was. times. It was. No, it mean. absolutely was. It, you don't get. Ex- I mean, we were joking a little bit. I mean, bad joke, but at the same time. I don't remember many dunks the last couple of seasons, right? Where you just have some just some highlight reel plays that, that you're going back to your car driving home going, man, you remember that play? I, there, was, there wasn't yeah. many of those moments. 
This year, I will say that the team offensively super fun to watch. Lady yeah. Grizz, same thing. It, yeah. it is good basketball to go watch them play. So mm-hmm. I hope that then they need to prove it too it, with the community, right? They need to win to bring people back mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it's a balancing act. But but the, the style of play, I can absolutely go to bat for both teams and say the style of play is much different than in previous years, and, and it's really fun to watch. I, I've made it a point with Brian to talk about how women's college basketball has changed here in 2024 compared to when he got into it in the 90s vastly different talking about the exposure talking about the style of play pretty much everything what's great about women's basketball is like the trend is on the up and up of people watching and again maybe they're not attending games as much as they used to especially in missoula but you think of caitlin clark at iowa right and and she carries. She, she carries. Scary. That's right, James. Did she win tonight, like James? I don't. Did they play tonight? James, if you played Caitlin Clark in one on one to 11, how many points would you score? 11. Wait, no. How many, how many points would you score? <laughs> Damn, James, let's go. <laughs> I know how many points I think you'd score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the record, I put up zero and he agreed. Have you been doing your conditioning, James? I, I'm working really hard <laughs> to make sure James isn't one of those people that thinks he could land a plane. Even though he's never met a pilot. I've heard that argument like literally yeah. last week, and that was yeah. the first time I heard it. So wait, what is, what's the consensus here? Can we all land a plane without... Absolutely yes, not. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> not a chance. Are you no, saying to jump in the cockpit and land a plane? So, yeah. yeah. Here's my question. No. Well, I, I need have people s- to talk me through it. Okay, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I I've seen trust in air traffic control. Like, I've, I've, control. Seen those, I've seen those videos where like... Yeah. <laughs> they're... Traffic like controller, like, yeah, guide no, someone yeah. through we'll be, it. Hey, we'll I've fine. played Grand Theft Auto. I've yeah, yeah, okay. landed a plane. <laughs> right. Still the fighter jet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, go, kind of go back to basketball. <laughs> people in oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, I think la- it was last year, Luke and Sample and I took James and we went to Weber. And, of course, Chris lost that game, but, mm-hmm. you know, football. But then we drove into Salt Lake and went to a jazz game. Mm-hmm. And... It was the best. You know, I'm, this is true of every NBA place, but it's like, you know, they have a host, right? And they do all this stuff with the crowd. And, that. and then the FCS championship game, they have a host. And they're wandering around. I kind of wonder, and this isn't just Montana. This is almost every college basketball program in the nation. But it's like there's been a formula for hosting college basketball for 50 years. And it's just been the same thing. But I kind of wonder, you know, the Osprey do this a little bit. I was just about to say, yeah, whatever they're called now. If we don't kind of look into this idea of, like, having somebody be a host to engage people in the building and kind of fill the the space a little bit more. And, you know, because Grizz fans like a good time. And I do think that as more and more people realize that you can buy beer and bring it to your seat... Uh, that's positive too. Nice. That helps. Except the, you, because you're courtside. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I got two things. The host idea is great if you can find, find the a right good person. Because yeah. if it's the wrong person, it makes it's it terrible. it makes it awkward and weird. Like the paddleheads guy, I think the men's crowd would love him, but I think the women's crowd would absolutely hate yeah. that. But the sure. like the the it's jazz guy was like I don't know handsome. Of yeah. some like <laughs> ambiguous mixed race, he was just so. I'm not saying that I have this. And he was up. like, I'm but saying. I'm like, you would have to pay. It would. It would. Well, you we're would, not paying anybody top dollar for this job. You so. would have to pay yeah. someone to get the caliber person. Luke, do you think you could do it? No. Okay. James. No. 
James, you could do it. He gets shy like on the microphone. You need to have the you need to have the physique where you could wear skinny jeans mm-hmm. and like a leather jacket. You know, you've got like, this image. You got the vision, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I like this. Okay. I've thought about this guy a lot. In fact, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back down to a jazz game with that buddy. Because he did something else. So he was like a host of some of the show. But anyway. Just side note, like I, I think that it's probably the time in, across college basketball, not just Montana, to kind of say, all right, what are some other outside the box things that we can consider that aren't really like high dollar changes to things? Well, so so Riley and I, we both appreciate what Jason Benetti does, a uh, big time baseball announcer with now the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. He does Fox Sports College football. The reason he left for the Tigers was he wanted to do something different. Now, if you watched any White Sox game in the past, it was something as simple as like creating like these goofy graphics that maybe wouldn't appeal to a normal baseball fan, but it was something like, you know, I don't know, Adam had the best ERA of anybody named Adam in White Sox history. It's like <laughs> stuff like that yeah. where like I think you need more of those, I don't know, like little not quips, but like little entertainment pick-me-ups, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially with the baseball, I guess. That one's really different. But I, that, that's the first thing I thought of was I, Benetti. I, absolutely. And he's one of our favorites. I, I think that you have to start thinking outside the box, right? Because of everything that we've said. That it is not a Montana problem. It's no. a universal problem across college basketball. And I would say that they should start brainstorming for different ideas, right? To freshen it up. And this is a big gripe of mine. And I know, let's just say, how can I say this? Certain members of the coaching staff would agree with me on this too. The way that everything is seated in there, it does not, it doesn't encourage a lively atmosphere, right? Where where I want, for me as a student at Washington State, I mean, that was the biggest thing was getting in line and going to a game. I would love... To get the students back there to create a raucous atmosphere. I just think that that would set the tone to where, hey, it's more of a lively party atmosphere when you're in there more than just, okay, we're going to go to the game. And if it's a, a, you know, if it's a 10, 20 point blow, we're just going to sit there, clap a little bit, and that's going to be good. You have to engage people a little bit more, whether that's a host, whether that's getting the students involved. That, to me, is where it starts. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because now, like, ESPN Plus is ubiquitous at this point where every college, every conference, they have something either ESPN Plus or whatever the conference is. But, like, you don't have to go to the game to watch the game at this point. And that wasn't a thing, I don't know, 15 years ago even. Like, I don't know when ESPN Plus started in the last 10 years or so. I mean, for the big sky, it's only been the last couple. It's not been that long, yeah. Interesting you bring that up because I was listening to ESPN Radio this week and Mike Greenberg was talking about how he doesn't go to NFL games because he wants to sit on his couch and watch it with Scott Hansen and, you know, the red zone. Yep, right. Um, and football, we haven't seen that be as big of an issue, but I do think it's coming in football too where I think somehow – and I think some of this goes back to rules at the conference level and things like that. I think that the interactive media in the games has to get more, more replays and more statistics that are just regularly mm. scrolling and available mm. because I think people are used to that. Like, yeah. you know, they're We're used to watching it on ESPN Plus and picking up your broadcast with that right. and hearing more about the game as they do it. And who's the new PA announcer? This is uh, Tommy, Tommy O from Butte. Tommy he, O. He's and amazing. I've noticed <laughs> that they've, they're, like, they've started, when they're introducing the teams this year, doing just like a really quick, like, you know, 30 seconds about NEU and 30 seconds about Montana. And it's like, that's kind of, that's what I'm getting at, even though that that's kind of awkward in that moment. But, right. like... Saying more than just like oh we're at a basketball game because it's we're in a, we're an on demand society. All of well, a 
So yeah. what is every football game at, at Missoula at Washington is the same? It's an event. Right. It's an event that you're like, I can't miss this because if I do, I'm gonna regret this. Yeah. We're not there with basketball right now, and it's it's a little bit different, right? You can't compare them 100% when you got 16 home games compared to nine. You're playing Northwest Indian College on a Tuesday in November. I, I mean, there are some I, differences. I, yeah. Totally. Sure, sure. But at the same time, those conference games, you know, when it really matters, you'd like to just feel some more juice in the building. And I, I think we're all doing a good job of kind of brainstorming around it. But, yeah, it's, it's an issue. We feel it. Think about, like, movies, too. Movie theaters are... Maybe not dying, but definitely yeah. down for trending <laughs> not doing because great. of yeah. Netflix, yeah. Hulu, everything like that. Because at this point, people want to stay home. And if they can get that stuff on demand, they don't have to leave. They're going to say, yeah, sign me up. I don't have to spend X amount of dollars to get into a Grizz basketball game. I'm just going to watch on ESPN+. Yeah, it's fine. Like Perfect. My 55-inch television in my yeah. living room that connects to the internet and scrolls streams ESPN+, Plus perfectly. Yep. And the camera work's gotten better even than a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like It's like, that's a thing. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But that's also good for basketball. It is. It absolutely because more, is. Again, going back to like those fans we run into at Quiz Fest who aren't in Missoula, more of them watch the basketball games than really ever did. So it's like they're yeah. following more. Yes. So it's like this double-edged sword thing. It's better than Pluto TV. I do know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing we're we on are. Pluto TV a couple of years. One thing, and this is a conversation for another time too, but you know, some schools do more with ESPN Plus than just the games. Um, and I wonder if that's not something that... that that we can we can investigate. Don't the Jayhawks do like a post game or something on ESPN Plus? There's press conferences. There's yeah, post game yeah, shows. There's and it's like I know all that. It's time, and money. It's a lot of other things. But I think I wish there was some way to piggyback off of uh, the culture around the Golden Goat. Well, I was actually gonna when we were talking about hosts. That's a good point. Like they should watch so, that. Be on the call. For that's funny. Yeah. Jason and I are gonna be on the call for both Golden Goat games. Oh, in by February. the way, Luke, Hellgate High School said we can't judge two years in a row. Thanks for looking into this. Yeah, I didn't know you were doing that. A bunch for us. of bullshit. James and I could do it. <laughs> yeah, but what? Well, did you? <laughs> They've asked the me to be a judge. I'm like, I'm broadcasting. I don't think I can be a judge. So I'll hear. So I'll veto mine. We gotta figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So you have to go to yeah. the Golden Goat. I've heard it's awesome. Like, it's it's I wild. Here, but I don't remember. I think it's, I was on the road. I must have been on the road for what it. What day is it? It's uh, it's, it, it's perfect. It's the first day games, before the Grizz play the Cats. I think it's February. I got this. It was so damn fun. I'm never missing a Golden Goat. February fifteenth, Thursday, February fifteenth, and. There's, I just think about how many students that, that you know, are University of Montana students who went to a high school in Missoula who have experienced the Golden Goat. And if even like 5% of students that participate in the Golden Goat like acted like that, you know, like, oh, we have freshmen this year and 5% of the Missoula high schoolers that attend UM show up and act crazy and weird. Like, you would get four or five classes of students that would now double the student section. I just, I think it's so fantastic. Um, it's a little confusing why we haven't been able to replicate that as a culture. But, mm -hmm. like, that's the, that's the template with a host, with activities, with interactive, I don't know, even competition-based sort of incentives for the students. Right. I know the university has tried to incentivize. I think they've even tried to pay students. They did. They, they, they had like a little while where uh, those that went, you get a hundred. There was like a random drawing. Want to get a hundred bucks? So I mean, the university's tried a lot of things, but you know, like 
That golden goat's so damn fun. So I have a similar, I guess, like ideas like college football, the bowl game system kind of dying because nobody really wants to play in half these bowls, right? True. Because yeah. everybody wants to move on. Had this great idea. Tell me if it's good or not. All right. Just lay it on me. I think <laughs> do you do March a, Madness. Do a March Madness? That would be great. Go that ahead. would be great. I love that. But do a bowl game where it's sponsored by Who's a big musician now? Like, not Taylor Swift, big. Megan uh, the Stallion. Nickelback. Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Nickelback. I'm going to go Nickelback here. You want to go to Creed. I just want to be a big rock star. Every one of their songs sounds the same. <laughs> totally and they're all terrific. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. That's why this podcast keeps going so many different directions. Let's do a bowl game where they're playing for something. My thought was, let's do a Morgan Wallen bowl game. Oh, it might be too big. Get now, I know. Cheez-Its are great. Don't get me wrong. Pop-tarts. Let's say this. How about you get the Morgan Wallen bowl sponsored by whatever, corporate. I don't know. I don't care about that. The winner of the game gets Morgan Wallen to play on campus the next season. Oh, that'd be really oh, cool. Right? That's what I'm saying. So, like, get bowl games that, like, kids yeah. and the football players will both be like, oh, damn. Okay, we're playing for something here now. Maybe not everybody's a Morgan Wallen fan, but, like, think of something like that where it's not just – my team's in the Pop-Tarts Bowl? <laughs> I couldn't tell you who was in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, but, but I loved the Pop-Tarts. You can see this. Yeah. <laughs> they see nailed the, the product, by the way, when they ate the mascot. Ate it was like the the. But half it turns out that face. the Pop-Tart was the former Graves. Bowl, who was Monty. That's so cool. That's I mean, so cool. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, of course. There, of there's course like, was, there's yes. like a Bulls announcer, like, as soon as he did the spin, I knew it was Monty. Everybody in the Bulls. I noticed that spin. Oh, man. Um, Ace, I was going to ask you, so have you done one or two now uh, Lady Rose games where it was the elementary schools? Two. 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 Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> what is it? That's a so great way to put it. There, there's a, it's, it's usually an early game. Yep. School day is what they call and it. And basically they bus in two-thirds of the, or probably all of the fourth, fifth, sixth graders yeah. in Missoula to this game. There you go. We got somewhere between 5,500 to 6,000 kids this year. Yeah. Um, it, The way Brian puts it, too, and I reiterate this, is that is – that, is that, uh, sorry, I heard some football talk in my mind. went somewhere else. I heard audio. But um, think about, like, the kids that maybe can't go to a game yeah. normally because yeah. mom and dad don't want to go, can't afford to go, just don't have the time to go, whatever the factor may be. It's so awesome to get these kids out of school. And I know every kid would say, you get them out of school to go oh, to a basketball game. loved them. <laughs> exactly. And they go, wait, I can watch friends. basketball instead of going to science class? Hell yeah, yeah sign yeah. me up. <laughs> like, I think it, it's so cool. And when you're in that atmosphere, oh, my God, it is. It's deafening in there. Like, you, it's ear-piercing. But it is fun for one day a year or two to get all those kids together and watch a game. Pop-Tart Bowl. NC State, Kansas State. Okay, there you go. I'd heard right. The kids are a little confused on when to cheer, when not to cheer. Yeah, um, Libby, Libby was injured, oh. and everyone's chanting, Monty, Monty. <laughs> that guy's the most. James. Monty. Yeah. James is My like, friend group knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to, hey, everybody, relax, relax. There's an injury. <laughs> there was a good time, too, when we were on offense. <laughs> And they just kept can- uh, chanting defense yeah. because they're just like, defense, defense. And then the ball switches to the Grizz, and then we take over, and it's like, all right, okay, we're, we're on offense now. Defense. Quit with the chant. 
It's awesome. I will say the playlist is uh, always intriguing for that day because oh. it's, it's a different playlist. Yeah, yeah, you got to get yeah, some yeah. Frozen in there. You got to get some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so. James, were you singing? Because I heard a lot of kids singing that day. Were you singing to Frozen or uh, the song from Barbie? I don't know what it's called now, but. I'm Ken or whatever. <laughs> he sounds like he a yes. Was that's a yes. I knew that's it. a yes. <laughs> Maybe under your breath. But you <laughs> Just tap his toe. If tap his foot to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so here's my thought. Uh, any other thoughts on basketball that we need to touch on? I know there's some questions. So my thought is, I think we covered them all. There are yeah. some. There are some off-season storylines in Grizz football that I think we should kind of identify and we can touch on to some extent. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go through the questions quickly if there are any ones that we missed because I don't want sure. to shortchange anybody because you know. They're James's fans. We don't want to let them down. That is true. They um, probably keep receipts too. Like they probably they, do. So that you got to make sure you get them. So, so yeah, Brent, the leader of the keep receipts pack. <laughs> let's keep us some receipts on Cowboy. So fans Luke today. just stepped yeah, out to the, the fridge in the garage. I know it's oh, cold. And the fridge in the garage is full of oh, what, what I got? call GFP beer oh. because sometimes people bring more than they we need and it just gets thrown in the fridge it's so the fridge is like beer. random it's all beers it's James good stuff it's a great refrigerator it's just it's just like popular stuff out there alright so storylines for Grizz football obviously quarterback um, quarterback and that was a storyline in my mind before McDowell entered the transfer portal agreed, agreed. Uh, on some level so I think we should we should talk about that um, I think that's kind of there's also the we are in transfer portal season yes. so it's like what are our needs out there what, what do we need to do and coaching staff you know you don't you don't usually hold everybody together what's that look like so I think those are right. pretty big ones yeah kind of right off the bat um, I think leading the way is how few Grizz players entered the transfer portal pretty damn cool I mean, obviously, Clifton McDowell entered, which Coulter Nuan has called on this show in October. Someone um, brought that up to the pod, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, he's been a lot of a lot of different places, and he wasn't necessarily surprised. My thought, and Brent is a, you know, play the senior until he dies oh person. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> always got stuff. My, my thought was that there was going to be a QB battle this year, this spring, and probably into fall camp. If Cliff was here... Do you still think that's an accurate expectation of what we would have seen this fall? Oh, yeah. It would have been a, a competition all the way to, to the very end. And I think that it's very valid to think that Kaylee Ayat is the guy. I mean, the, even if Clifton McDowell was back, and, and whether that went into Cliff's decision or not, only he will actually know that. But everybody knows with the Bobby Houck coach team, there is not going to be a quarterback that's anointed as the no. starter in January, March, yeah. April, whatever month you no. want to. No, and it, it might, maybe, maybe you'll get one the week before the game. Is it? And that's like no position, yes. right? Yeah, the, like every position is up for grabs every year. It's a competition. Yes, and for folks that are maybe frustrated by that, or what, that is how Bobby Hawk's wired, right? That, that's how it's going to be until you know he's done with this whole deal. So that it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. But yeah, we were gonna have a quarterback battle on our hands all the way, and we got a glimpse of what Ayat could do for sure. So Levi Janicaro wearing tradition number thirty-seven didn't start until like. <laughs> October, technically, <laughs> right? I mean, so yeah. Nobody's promised anything. But I think the other thing that is like painfully obvious is there's going to be another quarterback or two on this team oh, that is not on the team absolutely. right now. Absolutely. I mean, there's just 
and I don't mean to discredit the guys they have on roster because I mean maybe Sam Vidlack one more year, Caden Hewitt, uh maybe I mean brings it along. I mean we just don't know these younger guys if they Bobby can bring Hopkins it up, but we'll in, see. Like Cole Berkowitz started games all four years of his career, right? Yeah. And yeah, Bobby Hutt brought in a transfer every year to compete with him, except maybe his senior year, maybe. But <sighs> well, and, you know, and, I mean, if if someone has yeah. a problem with that. Just look at his win, Bobby's win-loss record. Yeah. You say, like, uh, he knows the formula for success. But here's the other thing, and this is where we're getting into this a little bit. Montana, we just have not developed a QB in a long time. And it's true. there are a lot of people led by Brent. I, I read Egris <laughs> for the first time in about three months today. And there's How was that? Thread. How was that experience? Fascinating. I believe it. And awful. <laughs> and I won't go back for probably nine months or so. But uh, um, there's Brent in the middle of this thread before Cliff announced that he's transferring. And before. There was, there was this debate on whether he'd be the starter next year or not. And there's all these people like, oh, they went to the national championship and all this stuff. Um and there's Brent right there. I, like, I love seniors. Cliff's amazing. He's going to be the starter. I mean, that's. I'm just kind of. <laughs> I'm just kind of putting it together. I don't know for sure that that's what he said. I, that is not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to pick on someone. No. Yeah. I. I, I believe fully that our our season did turn around when they committed to Cliff and the team liked playing for him and he was a spark that we that the Grizz team needed. I also believe that. The defense is what got us as the season went on. So I think that both of those things can be true. Agreed. Um, what does what does the name Tony Banks mean to you? Bank. Was Baltimore he, Ravens quarterback. Was Baltimore like Ravens a, quarterback yeah, NFL. who was benched for Trent Dilfer the year they won the Super wow. Bowl. Yeah. Do you think for a second that Trent Dilfer was the reason they won the Super, won the Super Bowl? <laughs> or was he just the stabilizing guy that allowed the offense to be just good enough while the defense shine. Uh, like a historic NFL defense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is like people get all wrapped up in QB wins as a stat. It's, it's not, like no, it's not when, it's it, not. when it really shouldn't be. Right. And I think Cliff I'm sorry Cliff's not coming back. I think that our QB room is better with Cliff in it. I think that if he was coming back, the odds are probably high that he would have started the first game of the year. So I'm not. This is not a like. Oh, we didn't need him because I definitely hate to see him go. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of fans that are kind of confusing this run with, oh, he's unquestioned, like the guy. And I'm gonna put some stuff out there. I had Prepare, our, this is like Cornhards when he puts on his slacks. I, yeah. I had our friend Colton Juanes do a little bit of research. So and he's pointing at me while this is give credit what is to going him. on here. Oh, we're seeing a full who, attack. Who was on? the last first team All Big Sky all quarterback on. for the Grizz? Uh, Jordy Johnson. Nope. Before further that. back. Yeah. Before it's that. Further back. Was it, was it before the Hal Kara? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say what? No, it was no. It was early. Early Hal Kara. Early Hal Kara. The guy was recruited before Hal. Hint: He's incarcerated now. Well, that's an unnecessary blow. <laughs> so Craig Oaks, Oaks, Oaks yeah. in 2004 <laughs> was the only first-team All-Big Sky quarterback for the Grizz of the 21st century. All the other All-Americans are Drew Miller in 2000 and Cole Burkus, Burkus in 2008, who are honorable mention All-Americans. Um, Jordan Johnson was third-team once. Burkus multiple times. This is All-Big Sky, All-Conference QB. Josh Schwager... 
in 2006 once, and Dalton Sneed honorable mention once. And that is it. So what I'm putting out there is I feel like Grizz fans are... I think that we have forgotten what having a truly elite QB is. And so the next question that I didn't ask Coulter, but I wonder, how many FCS national champions in the last 20 years were quarterbacked by someone who wasn't a all-conference QB in their league? That's a great research project right there. Because I would venture to guess it's probably none of them. Because you Wait. think of the winners. Like FCS champions? FCS champions. Because NDSU is on their huge run, but they had great QBs. SDSU's got a great QB. JMU Some, had good QB play. Yeah. Okay, um, Mike, hypothetically. Armonte Edwards going farther back. Hypothetically, Delaware. let's say this answer is zero or mm-hmm. close to zero. What's your broad point? My point is the Grizz have to raise – Grizz fans – we have to raise the expectation of what we need from the QB position, and it has to be better than Cliff was this year to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And so I think that fans like to get wrapped up. It in, seems, no, it seems like your premise then is that Cliff can't get any better than what he was this year. I don't know. You think he's fully baked? He left, so who knows? You can still have an answer to that. I do. I don't, I don't you think, think he, he was fully baked. Better. And so, and I mean, he's been in college for six years, the, at five different schools. And the post of mine that Mike Cherry picked, oh. though, was no, I. I did not. That was a fact. I said if we have um, effectively dirty Idaho, the the stretch of Idaho to Delaware Cliff, and can stretch that play across a season. He's going to be a he, he's going to be on the Peyton watch list, and we're going to win a lot of games. But no, I thought, he wouldn't have been in that I, stretch. Are you no, kidding me? I are you kidding? Me? Look at the stats and play them out. Like, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, we are so used to I, wanting more QB play than we've gotten that we God, get a little taste of it. It's like that line in the movie where you're they're talking about someone walk walking through the desert and they're so thirsty that they'll drink the sand because they think it's water. <laughs> That is you. That's me. We need full on to your point. Oh my god! I I think um, this is an ambush. This is where we need to YouTube cast this to get Mike's (laughs) wild gesticulations. (laughs) Um, Now I think we actually, probably everyone at this table agrees on the end result here, but I actually think that we're gonna miss McDowell, his ability to to make things happen on his feet is uh was really nice it was he didn't turn the ball over yeah oh yeah and because he was afraid to take chances in the second half of the season wow. <laughs> i mean you're seeing inside a psyche that i i can't just watch the games See, i, I this, mike this mike i did you're telling me i didn't watch the games mike <laughs> <laughs> i i think that we're gonna be okay but i do think uh Cliff might be the best one-year rental we've ever had. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I was like, I was trying to think about this, and I was like, Ben Roberts was with us for a year for the right moment. Like, the team needed someone, and he read read to the occasion. Absolutely, and I'm and I'm forever grateful for his time here. This was a special year, and he did a tremendous job. Um, you know, him leaving really, you know, does change some of my like, you know, my feels a little bit, but. Uh, looking forward, I'm super optimistic, yeah. and I think we're going to be just fine. I think, see, and I think you're making a good point where it's like you're absolutely right. 
we don't know that we have anybody on the roster who could play better than he played this year. We all believe that a yacht can, mm-hmm. and I believe the coaches do too. What I'm, but I think like we could be sitting here next offseason and have had terrible QB play, and somebody pulls us up and says, like, Mike, you should have. We needed him. But I would also argue that we need a lot of other things to go right, too. What I'm worried about is, I, while I do think Ayat's ceiling is higher than uh, McDowell's, I don't know that Ayat is going to be better than McDowell next year. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, I don't have the expertise to, to know. I don't go to the practices. Even if I did, I'm not sure I could identify it. But it's kind of like I the, the, the one in the hand versus two in the bush situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, and, uh, and maybe to counter myself here, the exposure that this team uh, earned is probably going to enable us to land a pretty good transfer, too. You would think so. You would, you would think so. I'm hoping so. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we won't miss McDowell as much um, as maybe some people are, are projecting now, but he was good. Oh, yeah. You don't ever want to lose a guy that won 10 starts and went to the national championship. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I hate to see him go. I think that a QB competition between him and a yacht in spring and fall would have been fascinating to watch. Yeah. McDowell from the Idaho to Delaware run was averaging 200 passing, 50 rushing, had 18 total touchdowns and two turnovers in the six-game span. So he was effectively accountable for 21 points per game score. And I bought a T-shirt. So double that up. Right, but what I was saying was is if you can... That's not a Walter Payton award winner. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, we... 30... So... You don't need a Walton. 36 36 (laughs) touchdowns? But we don't... We don't need a well, Walter Payton award winner right. to win okay. the national Brinowski championship. Brinowski had twenty-eight game. touchdowns, four picks. Uh, Brinowski McDowell would have McDowell would have better numbers than Grinowski. Hey, McDowell would have. Oh my! Brent, here we go. This, that was checkmate. But <laughs> well, what about his other games? What about the playoffs? Well, that's Where what teams I, didn't believe that he could throw on them, so they stacked the box and dared him to, and he was afraid to. Well, and so what I had said was, yeah. Well, there, there's there's a. Context here, though, you too. You just want me to be wrong so badly. Uh huh. No, no. Nobody know you're wrong, no. and so this is why he keeps arguing. Just the absolute certainty you have is really fun to assault. Um, <laughs> go into things very confidently. Okay. Sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose. Here's here's the thing, though, too. I actually think that um, Cliff's Cliff's job gets easier if if we're anchored more on the offensive line like some of our opponents were. Mm. That's fair. I think NDSU and SDSU, SDSU had better SDSU offensive especially. lines. Yeah, you're probably right. I think you're right, yeah. and I SDSU for sure. And I, I might hold Absolutely. on to one other piece of criticism for a minute, but I I do think we could help a future quarterback out with, an, with the addition of, a, of another – personnel well and so that was one thing like in some of the games like the Furman game right cliff had 120 rushing where if you could have brought that out more from your running backs rather than your qb could have changed some yeah yeah but it's a it's okay go go ahead riley you've been quiet i I feel that mike's getting ganged up on here so i'm gonna help him out a little bit mike set this up he brought this out he's so i want to be careful here because i don't want 
words to get twisted, right? I'm very grateful for what Cliff did here Absolutely. too, right? I mean, he was, but he was here for seven months, mm-hmm. and there was something that you said at the very beginning that I think everyone's been waiting for for a while: was quarterback development. Yep. Yes. Okay. I, I think that what the Grizz needed at the time, when things were going haywire in late September, was an identity, mm-hmm. and they needed toughness. And Cliff provided both of those. He had a, a clear identity for what he That's could do, yep. and the offense needed a little bit of toughness at that leadership position. And yep. Cliff provided that. I think that the the two elements that are going to be the hardest to replace are the quarterback run game, because that is something the Grizz have not had in years past, and that was clearly evident to why they were more versatile this year on the offensive side. And the other part was his durability. Because yeah. the Grizz have not made it through a season in quite a while. Yeah. Only one season in the last decade with the same starting quarterback all the way through. Right. When he was anointed the starter, he he, he ran the ball 13 to 20 times a game, depending on the game, and he was, he was healthy. I would add to that his swagger. Yes. Because like when, wow. he, when he was running the ball, yeah. and he, was like, he made that team believe. Yes. One of the common criticisms I've seen has been, he didn't care about the national championship game. He didn't care about I don't this. Buy that. And that's what I'm I'm going against it because I think Cliff is more of the swagger guy. He doesn't have to go rah rah and and hype everyone mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's just kind of going to assassinate you on the field. He's going to score a touchdown. He's going to roll his roll shoulders, shoulders and that's it. That will be one of my favorite clips for a lot of time. two cat guys Clapping at each other, and he's just yeah. And I just heard that a lot after the national championship game. Was like, oh, it just seemed like he didn't care. I'm like, that's BS. He cared. He just doesn't show it like you, me, anyone at this table would. You know, we're yelling at the TV. He doesn't do that. He has a different way of approaching the game. I just I didn't ever buy into the oh, he just didn't care. I think it was kind of BS. His post right after the game or the next day or whatever, he clearly cared. Yeah, Yeah. he he did, and I, I think that. With all that being said, those are going to be tough aspects to replace from the quarterback spot. With that being said, I give so much credit this year behind the scenes of what Brent Pease did. Mm -hmm. This offense was completely retooled from the previous OC to Brent and clearly throughout the season when you go in with the two-quarterback system to when you you felt you found that identity with Cliff. And it wasn't necessarily what the Grizzly coaching staff thought their offense was going to be mm-hmm. in August. They had no idea it was going to turn into this. But being able to adapt midseason was so refreshing to see, and I don't want that to get lost in that. With that being said, the quarterback development piece is something we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. I think the combination of Kaylee Eiyad and Brent Pease is dynamite. Yeah. It is dynamite for what could happen with this group and the personnel that comes back. You return all three wide receivers. I know there's a question about a certain tight end that's coming back. He's back in the Rose, fold. Yeah. There you go. You got, you got the Jerry Rice Award winner at running back back. Right. This offense has I'm so excited. much yes. potential with Kaylee Eiyad. I also agree with Luke in the sense of, yeah, his ceiling is going to be incredible by the time he graduates. Can he be a national championship quarterback next year? Yeah, because that is his floor right, right. now. And that's the, yeah. that's the biggest question from January 14th mm-hmm. until August 31st and beyond that we're going to have to answer to where are the Grizzlies. They're going to be preseason top three. Let's just that, – that's yeah, going yeah, to that happen. That would be NDSU, SU, Montana. Yes. That's my guess. Yeah. But the fact – can they get back to Frisco and win it? That question about Ayat, can he mm-hmm. get to that point? And, yeah, I, I would imagine a transfer quarterback is going to come in as well. 
the running piece of the quarterback position also is something I'm going to look at. And I will say, a yacht looks more mobile than his dad was. Oh, I mean, we'll do that. <laughs> He's slippery. He's slippery. <laughs> yeah. He's, these are just guys you watch, right? And I'm not some X's and O's savant here, right? But I, I watch a lot of practice. He's got the it factor. Oh, yeah. He's got the it factor. There was that one play in Northern Colorado. It's end of the first half, yep. I want to say. Yep. He spins out of a guy, alluding, like burrowing in on his backside. He just spins out of it. I'm going, that's an 18-year-old yep. kid that just made that play yep. that knows how to get out of the pocket? Are you kidding me? We said after that game, and I will stand by it, he had the best pocket awareness of any QB yeah. who played for us this year, but I would venture for a few in a years. while. Like, in a while, and it's like you saw a few things in a couple other games where it's like you know a couple teams got him a little bit and whatever. Right. Um, you talked about peas and kind of behind the scenes and stuff like that. It, it gives us huge hope that this is different because you look back to any time in the Hauk era when they've had to play a freshman or even a sophomore QB. And it is, there are rains on them. They struggle. Like you rarely ever see a freshman, much less a true freshman. And for him to come in and work his way up the depth chart and get legitimate stamps as a true freshman, wild. Well, you guys, you guys have followed this program a long time, right? O three to 09. Did you ever hear Bobby Houck utter the words "quarterback of the future"? No, <laughs> no. Right. Well, well, there were multiple coaches shows with me this year. Where he said that, I uh, we, we need to get him experience. He's our quarterback of the yeah. future here. That gives you just a, a small peek into it. And, and there were times that you'll go back throughout the season and, and you can figure him out the certain games that it happened. They might have forced Ayat in there just to get him experience because they knew what was coming down the line. So whether that means anything or not, it just goes to show you the mindset of how they feel about someone that's 18 years old that – can lead the program. And I, I really think the last time we saw this was when um, Robin Flugrad uh, put um, Jordan, Jordan Johnson, Johnson yep. into a couple games. And I remember Grizz fans kind of freaking out, like, because then the redshirt rule was different. And we're like, you're, you're burning a year. And he played, I think, two or three games. And it was a bit of garbage time, usually. And everyone kind of lost their mind. It was 2010. And it was the same kind of talk. They're like, we recognize different staff at the time, but. Um, we recognize what this kid's going to do uh, as a quarterback for the Grizz, and we need to give him a little bit of a sniff now because we know he's going to be the guy next year. So, so we're down McDowell and Chris Brown. Chris Brown's going to graduate. Is out. And McDowell's portal. So we're down two QBs so we've got, at the moment. Yeah, so we got Caden Hewitt. We got Gabe Sam Midlack, Gabe, Gabe Slider, and Kelly E. Oh, yeah. Vidlax there. there. So four guys on the roster, and I would expect Uh, one to two portal. Do we have two freshman QBs? Slider and... Slider and Ayat. Ayat. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Sorry. Slider. It's funny to think of him as like... It's crazy. Slider, Ayat, Vidlax, and Hewitt Hewitt. are the four returners, and then I would expect one in the portal for sure. Yeah. That'll be a fun conversation for the next (laughs) three months, by the way. So put a bow on it. Yeah, all those stats I talked about with the all conference. I think that's why so many. And I'm not alone, even though I might be the voice of the backup QB fan in this nation. <laughs> but it's because it's we true. haven't had no, that guy, right? No, we haven't. And so it's like I think people are so like thirsty for that. And it would be awesome if if UM could reach that level again. Mike, you- last point on this. Yeah, go ahead. In in that same stretch where I, where I went through the Grizz and said this is how many 
first and honorable mention all that. How many first or second team all conference picks from Eastern Washington were there for QB oh, in that same stretch? Oh, jeez. I mean, but they only have one national championship. Well, we only have two. So there's more recent than ours. So we've you know, been a way. lot more. Eastern Washington is at 14 first or second team all conference picks among nine different players. And have 11 Big Sky MVP quarterbacks since 2002. 11? 11 since 2002. In 22 years. Wow. Holy shit. I would rather yeah. have our program than theirs. I'm not saying I want their all program. Right. I'm just kind of illustrating. That's all. Hey, by the way, this early look into the schedule, it's time to finally get our first win on that ugly Red turf. Ugly road turf. Never yes. won there, and we go there so, next year. So. All right. Hey, we brought up. Let's move it. Yeah. We had we had some people ask how, we, how I feel about the question. One person said, why do we go to a 12-game schedule, but we have a 12-game every three it's or four years? It's on the calendar. The calendar. So, so yeah. between Labor Day weekend and Thanksgiving, it's all a matter of just how the calendar falls. If yeah. there's 12 yeah. weekends between Labor Day and Thanksgiving, you I think it happens days. two out of every seven years. Something like that. Something like that yeah. is how it works. So. It's just a matter of no, no one's picking it or selecting. It's just how it is. So here is the 24 schedule. Out of conference, we open up August 31st. We host Missouri State. We go to North Dakota. That probably will be an interesting early challenge. Top 15 yeah. battle. We 15 host battle. Moorhead State. We host Western Carolina. Who was um, for a good chunk of the season in the conversation until yep. kind of late season. Yeah. Slot. Yep. Then September 28th, Incheney. Uh, open play. To open conference play, uh, October fifth, Weber here, then NAU here, um, where Daniel Britt probably will be their starting QB, won't he? Uh, then coach, that'd be something. They didn't retain one coach, I don't think, from their previous oh, game. Dang. It's a total washing. Then we go to Northern <laughs> Colorado, where you know, who knows, maybe a Grizz Portal guys starting there. Um, and then we go to Cal Poly where um, we're trying to see if we can go there because that's a beautiful place to go. Just the best. Do our, uh, Davis comes here. Bitter, long, fierce rival Portland State comes here. And then we go to <laughs> then we go to Bozeman. <laughs> I texted these guys because the other night on the PA they were talking about the football season. They said rivalry wins over Montana State and Idaho. And I was like, somebody hasn't told the PA announcer that our football rival is Portland it's State. Portland State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the fact, and, and all of that, we don't play Idaho. No. That is, Which would, I would say almost that? guarantees that we're going to see Idaho in the playoffs. playoffs. I mean, like. If Idaho gets to the playoffs. Yeah. Although they're, they're seeding 1 through 16 next year. They so are. They are seeding 1 through 16. Yeah. We finally got that budget for the yeah. FCS playoffs. They can oh seed 1 to 16. So that will be a little fascinating a little next different. year, too. I think I, I like the schedule. I mean, our out-of-conference could have two top 25 teams, one on yeah. the road, one at home. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. much different, I think, I mean, from if, a national if standpoint. They are, this year. like, any worse than 11 and 3, I mean, in my mind, that's, like, worst-case scenario. 8 and 3. Eight and three. Or exactly. Nine and four. Well, nine and three. Nine and three. Got you. Got you. It is interesting. I mean, yeah, Eastern won't, unless if they go on a run, they probably won't be ranked when we play them. I mean, unless they're like four or five and oh at that point. Weber State will probably be one of those teams that's like kind of sniffs the top 25, so could be ranked when they face us. NAU, UNC, Cal Poly, probably not. Davis, new coaching staff, right? Mm-hmm. So tough to say. Portland State is going to be Portland State. Cats will probably be another. Top ten matchup, assuming both teams kind of keep doing what they're so doing. So they didn't. Any of you didn't keep one coach. Nope. So Aaron Flugrad is on the market. Yep. 
Intriguing. Yeah. Fascinating. Looking at Eastern, what see they what, have. See what position coach. <laughs> Does Eastern oh, have another brutal pay the bill schedule? Well, it's it's crazy. There's a bunch of Big Sky schools now that have to play two money games. Oh, they've got an interesting game before they play Montana. So they open with Monmouth and Drake at home. Okay. Should be two yes. wins. Yeah, yeah. This is Eastern. Then they play at Southeastern Louisiana. No, no, that'll be tough. That's gonna be. And then their one money game the week before they play the Grizz. They go play Jeff Choke in the Nevada That's the week before oh, they dang. play the Grizz. So yeah, I will say that is the they, most manageable preseason or pre-conference had. schedule they've had in a decade. A while. Probably. I would think the urgency meter is at an all-time, all-time high for high. them. They've had two losing yeah, seasons in a row. Yep. Just, and as much as the you know, we can poke fun out of what they're not used to that. No, I mean they no. have been pretty damn consistent and good the last decade or so. So yeah, there's going to be some urgency there. Yeah, and then finish it with the cat game in Bozeman this year for us. So we'll see. I always look at the road games, right? Because yeah. at home, you always feel confident no matter who yeah, it is you're going to win. We have the fourth longest home winning streak in the FCS right now. So it's like North up. Dakota, Eastern Washington, and Montana State on the road. Northern Colorado and Cal Poly. And Northern Colorado, but I, I feel confident about those two. I think the other three, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel good about our chances in every game we play. If we go to if we go to Eastern Washington, can we do Laser Quest again? <laughs> yes. Okay. Both quests. Northern Quest. <laughs> yeah. And Laser Quest. <laughs> yes. James just asked if he could come to, to Laser Quest. <laughs> Laser Quest. Ace, you'll have to join there, too. We're getting Ace on the road yeah, for a couple games. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you can come it's, with us, Ace. <laughs> 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 yeah. For everybody. Oh, in a giant warehouse. Say no more. I'm in. You, Assuming it's, it's still open. open. It was the first time yeah, I played when we went to Eastern Washington a handful of years ago. In the following week, I had no. two dreams about it. We went two years later, and everyone's like, we're going to Quest. And Luke and I were thinking it was Laser Quest. And it, was, it was the casino. And the boys drove us to Quest Casino. I just sulked around the casino with a beer while people played blackjack. Oh, so cool. <laughs> oh man, I like it. All right. Um, what do we need to recruit? I mean, tra- the transfer portal is changing college football. Yeah. The Grizz were pretty good and fortunate in what they did not lose. I'm impressed, guys like Xavier Harris, Childs, like Vidlack, even like people who you could be like, okay, I get it. Like, there's probably someone ahead of you, and it's going to be tough for you to, you know, none of those people jumped in, which I think says something about the closeness of his team. I think so too. Position wise, I mean, you can never have enough offensive linemen. Now we got the kid coming in from Cal. That should yeah. that should help. But you returned four starters on the O line. That I mean, for me I count Cannon Pamphil off as a starter. He came I mean, he in started. late, he started all the playoff games, started at left guard in the national title game. I mean you've got him at left tackle. You've got Brown and Grimsrud at the guard spots. Casey, first team all big sky tackle. You gotta replace the center spot. So whether that is a transfer, or whether that's Declan McCabe coming in here. So McCabe would be on the yeah. roster, the guy. As of right and now, I, those would think, be your penciled starters. I think McCabe feels more like a center anyway than a guard. I think so, too. And he was put in a tough spot that game against Furman. I mean, yeah. go up against that D-line and play left guard. Holy oh, smoke. Man. So, yeah, I let's not write off Declan McCabe. I think he could be a total contributor. Other positions, I would say D-line and, and safety. I would probably say those are the two that I'm looking at saying, yeah, we could maybe use one or two more. So we lose really Gubner, Braxton Hill, Fausch, 
Garrett Graves yep. added depth in the secondary, Cotton. right? And Trajan Cotton. And Janet Carroll and Flank at linebacker. I think too. Cotton is one that we're really going to miss. He is someone that really, in his three years here, became a yeah. good player, in my opinion. Yeah, no, just the leader. I mean, it's all of it, right? He he was the calming force, I think, in the secondary for his time. Though the stats might not have been there, whatever, but he was he was solid across the board. And I think that maybe more than any of the X's and the O's, this senior class is just going to be hard to replace from their leadership side. And of things. they that, really that calm the ship. Ethos, the leadership, like oh my gosh, the Forbes quote at the end oh, man. about yeah. like. Expecting more out of yourself than anyone else. Um, you know, like that's strong. Like between, yeah, Janikiro Hill, Forbes, and um, Cotton. I'm like, oh, Graves. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's been an anchor to this team in some really tough moments, too. Like, James, can you show us what you did when Gradney's name got mentioned? Not Out there in the kitchen. Who was it? Oh, TC, what'd you do? <laughs> oh, Buckle the seatbelt. Yeah. Oh, Jair, pack his bag. Dude, yeah. <laughs> let's go. Love it. Uh-oh. I like it. I will James. find it interesting. Like, we didn't say linebackers because we're losing so many, right? But, like, I think one guy that Riley and I and everybody else in the program are really high on is Riley Wilson, right? Big like, time. he oh. – he sh- he probably should have been better this year if not for the the injury problem mm-hmm. he had Early. in the first couple yeah. of months. The guy could be a st- all conference kind of player, all American kind of big guy MVP. It's also yeah. fascinating because you mentioned that we we didn't say it and we should because we're losing a lot of talent there. Right. But that's one position where I think this fan base is just for a decade plus now we just expect that that is a position that we are going to yep. do well. Yep. And of all the the changes in college football recruiting, like. The University of Montana recruiting linebackers, kids from Montana who could play linebacker, seems to be a consistent. So hopefully that has carried on. And then you're right, we've, we've got you know transfers that drop in and make a huge difference. And speaking of Riley, did you go to the barbecue at the family ranch? No, we didn't make it in. Uh, I know that would have been sweet. I wonder how the that, barbecue was at the family I mean, ranch. The, awesome. the barbecue was insane. We went to Hutchins down in. Uh, the place that everyone said you had to go to. Didn't go to Riley Wilson's barbecue spot, but okay. Punchins was pretty right. darn amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hard eight. It was all right. You handed me a box score here. What are, what are we looking at here? James did a chart. Th- this oh, sh- this chart Whoa. really shows the impact of Junior Bergen. He's, he's illustrating oh. that Junior Bergen in the Furman and North Dakota State games uh, may have done just as well as the offense, all in all. As an individual. <laughs> You're right. That's a you know what? That's a great graphic to look at. Let's run it back, baby. <laughs> I like it. What was everybody's first reaction when Junior Bergen recommit? I mean, it wasn't breaking I, news. I showed my time. girlfriend and she could give two shits about this <laughs> football. I was she was just next to me and I was like, oh, he's coming back. <laughs> so happy and she's like, Who? Was, you know the guy? Like the guy who returned the you know, she her first game of the year was NDSU, <laughs> oh, NDSU game. Oh, and her wow. second game of the year was the national championship which, game, damn. which Dylan has blamed her for the loss. I don't know if you know uh, that. Oh, oh, words. It could be her fault. <laughs> We're gonna assess the roster depth. Re- report back to us, yeah. please. Yeah. 
this this week leading up to it, the amount of texts and messages and people that were asking me, "What's he doing? What's he doing? Where is he going?" Oh my gosh. I, I've heard Dion's going to give him two billion dollars <laughs> and name the state of Colorado so after him. And so um, and it's just funny. Like my wife, who goes to all the Grizz games and is you know she's she enjoys the. She's not a super fan like me, but she's married to me, so she's immersed in it. Yep, yep. Um, people yeah. would be like asking my wife to be like, "What has Brent heard about Junior Bergen?" And so um, I was relieved to hear that uh, you know. And I think this kid, I mean, he's like Montana legend, and I'm so appreciative of him, and I'm sure his teammates are as well too. But honestly, I, I kind of looked at it both ways. I mean, he's probably the greatest returner we've ever had. And um, hey, Mark Mariani called him the goat. Mark Mariani on our pod called him the goat, so, right? Uh, and so it's like, I mean, I I would have been bummed to see him leave, but I would yeah. have been just as, as happy for him and support him of it if he went to another level to try to prove. Because like, well, I mean, look at Samari Toure, right? Like he mm-hmm. he took that next step to show he could play. Now, granted, he's probably a practice squad guy next year, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, but you know, so anyways, well, I'm I'm super happy and excited. And when he announced that. Uh, my, I, my phone blew up, and um, I maybe had a bunch of receipts of cat fans saying he was leaving, and I rapidly retweeted all those Receipt to King. let those uh, so, cat fans know what's up. I mean, like, in my, in my heart, I always I felt like he's coming back, and he said it a couple times. I think he truly he wanted did. to come back, yeah. and that helps. I also think that, and we've talked about this a little bit on the pod, but, like, this whole NIL thing is this Wild West, and it's oh, yeah. unregulated. It is. And there's a lot of these things that are no guarantees, so it's like you hear about like the kid, the lineman from Montana State going to UW, and you know, so I, I've heard two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But unless he signs some sort of contract with someone, yeah, there's no guarantee. And then the whole coaching staff turns over, and different. Co- I mean, like, I just think that it's over the next couple of years we're going to hear huge stories of like a guy making bank in NIL. But I think we're going to hear more stories about. NIL screwing guys over because they thought they were getting something they didn't know they, they didn't end up getting. Look at the Albany quarterback. He announces he's going to Miami. Miami. A day and a half later, Cam Ward from Washington State is going to Miami. I mean, this kid's he's got a senior year, one more year to prove himself, and and like he's going to be backing up, right? I think like the, one of the best quarterbacks in all college football. Yeah, and says, I mean, I'm coming there too. And the word was is this Ward kid had big buck NIL offers so I, I, I know some people just absolutely hate the NIL and I get it like it's a change from college football but to me you can't tell me that these kids cannot make money off their own name image yep. and likeness totally right? but at the same time like like let, let's say let's say I'm not saying this is what happened but Cliff gets offered X amount of money and he goes okay screw it yeah I'm 20 some years who could old blame him? right yeah. and he's I mean, like he probably looks at his career he goes I'm not gonna play in the NFL Probably not going to play in the new, what is it, the UFL now that yep. they collaborated, the, the two yeah. XFL and yep. the USFL. Yep. So if he goes, I got, again, no numbers here are true. I got $100,000. Yeah, I'm going to go take that. I, to me, I'm not going to care if I'm going to back up. I don't care if I start. If I get 100 k as a 23, 24-year-old, I'm going to take that. It's like that's life-changing money for Absolutely. a kid that no, we've talked about that. Like if Junior Bergen had gotten $250,000 from Dion. Take it. crazy enough to take it because right that's now. a down payment on a house. Yep. And it's like, you know, it's life changing. And we, I think maybe it was at your tailgate, but 
there was a four player <laughs> down payment on the house in Missoula you can't buy a house outright you just look at the perspective that I made I can't remember you're we had a former player who was a a good former player a Montana kid who was kind of like somebody threw more than $15,000 at me I'd probably go. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a tough place. Think for when well, you guys were 18 to 24 I, years old. You'd take damn near you, any amount of money, right? Time, like, out. <laughs> time out real quick. I don't think there's that much money out there. I think there is for, for some, athletics. but not. Or to for NIL for, specifically? We're talking about NIL. I mean, there's obviously billions of dollars right. within College of Athletics. But did you, you guys saw the um, Florida State, like, woodshed abuse that they received from the NCAA. But in that report, it showed that Florida State offered that future like first-round draft pick lineman like $186,000 right. is all. Like, that dude's going to be playing on Sundays, and they gave him less than $200,000. So I'm wondering yeah. how much... Like, you saw those two guys from North Dakota State return. Junior returns, like how much money is there for a one-year rental? Um, and then you say, well, our NIL is going to come up with something. It yeah. clearly can't compete with the next level. But if let's again, there are no real numbers here. I like that. Right, right. If someone says, Junior, we have thirty-eight thousand dollars for you, and we say we have eighteen thousand dollars for you. Is twenty thousand dollars going to be the difference? Because I don't know about you guys, and I, I we're all different people here. But Junior leaving for the difference of twenty thousand dollars changes uh, my view of him as a hmm. college football player here. Yeah, yeah. Not as a human in the planet in the world, but no, just I get it. But you, you know, it's two like separate thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, like for twenty grand, like really. Because he's going to have a shot to go to the Combine, or he'll get a pro day. Like His access to the next level is is not going to be greatly changed, I don't think. I, I know what you're saying, and maybe this is not specifically to Junior. Some dudes have probably never seen that money growing mm-hmm. up. And to me, it's still... Uh, like I grew up very middle class, like very middle class. We got along fine, but still, somebody presents twenty thousand dollars to me when I'm a college kid. Yeah. Like, I, and I understand your point on that. And again, this is no relation to junior at all. It's just even twenty thousand. I think at that age, I go. Okay, but the point I, you're making, this is where the collective, the good old Grizzly collective, I think can have an impact because it's like there's kind of two different worlds of NIL. There's like guys getting big endorsement type deals right. directly from people. And then there's kind of collectives that really, at least at our level, I think are more like extra scholarship money for, for people. Well, yeah. so the, the yeah. Gris soccer team, a, a yeah. team you don't think about when we're talking football and NIL, they, they have a team-wide NIL deal with Missoula Surf But that's town. $600. But still, I mean, even as an 18 to 24-year-old kid just getting an extra, I don't know, like that might be the difference in terms of if, do you want to go to Montana, do you want hey, to go to if, School X? But if a kid's going to leave UM for $600 or $16,000, fuck off. Luke, I, I... Like, that's what I think. Well, yeah, that's how now, Bobby Hub yeah. feels. Yeah. That's where <laughs> I know it's... No, 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 $20,000... Like that is a lot of money. If it's thirty, like everyone has a point, you know. If it's a hundred thousand dollars, I say, yeah, that's that's hard to yeah. turn down. If it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that's more than the base salary of your head coach. 
how do you turn it? Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, t- right. take it, right? But if we're talking about like kind of these, <clears throat> for me, I don't know, 20 grand difference. Uh, if you're going to get 18 versus 38, like, okay. you don't. And what yeah. you're saying, too, like that it would change how you view Junior, right? Just from Grizzly legend yeah. side of things, right? And that is why I, I can see that angle of it. For him coming back. No matter what the difference of the number is, that cements Grizzly Legend but to I think me also, a little bit more because of the commitments. Yeah. No matter what yeah. the, the dollar amount was, right. and I can understand that point for but sure. Something you just said, I think there's a big difference because, like, if you're getting 18 here and you're getting 38 somewhere else, that's different than getting zero here and getting 20 somewhere else. Right. Right? True, true. So it's like you know, at least you're getting something above and, and beyond. And we'll never know the numbers unless kids just are right. super transparent about it. But I'm so it's just like. I don't know. Made me believe a little bit more about uh, Grizz football when he returned, and I don't. It might not even be real, but like I was like, "Oh, it does matter. Like this does mean <laughs> something." He returned. He's gonna run it. He's he's gonna run, run it back. back. Um, and we ha- he has a chance, and this this team has a chance to do something special that people will remember for the rest of their lives, or you. You can go to UTEP and do something no one remembers ever. <laughs> Great point. And, and this, I think I texted you guys this as well, but I think another indicator is that I, um, Junior's return to Montana also speaks to his confidence in the coaching staff, yep. the offense, and the quarterback play. Because I think if you looked at this where it was like, yep. if you're. If, Ooh, I hadn't thought about that, Brent. It's like, okay, because we know this. Like, all these kids that are coming in their senior years. They're thinking the league. They're th- they want a lot of them want to keep playing. Um, Even guys who will never sniff. Yeah, you, know, you know, not everyone's Nick Osmo where they're just going to take over the family business, right? And um, but so this is like Junior Bergen like analyzed what is coming back and said, I don't need to go somewhere else to be noticeable to continue to play football after my senior season. And I think there's a big piece in this too where. Why did Junior blow up towards the end? What he did on special teams. Yep. So right. these bigger schools that were swooping in, of course they wanted him to be a return man. But at the same time, where does he fit in the wide receiving core? Yeah, if we're really breaking down the X's yeah, and O's in sure. a role, right? Yeah. Here you're the number one wide receiver and you're the top returner, Grizzly legend, all of those things. You go to school X, school Y, school Z, you're going to be the primary kick return, punt returner. What else? Right? I think that that has to play at least a little part. And the reality is probably not much else. And that's not a knock on Junior, but it's like that's a big step with a lot of big dudes at receiver. And, like, Junior's a smaller guy. He is a great player at this level, and he's a great returner. You can be a great returner in the big sky and make it to the league. Look at Rashid Shahid. Yes. Or Mark Mariani. Or Mark Mariani. Or Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup's a different level, right? But, yeah. Right. It's Mm. possible. You can do it here. Yeah. Do um, do Packers fans think Samari Tori differentiated himself at Nebraska? Would he would he be in the same spot today if he stayed? Because his quarterback I was dog shit. I've got oh, yeah, I've no, got to take bad. on that. I've got to take. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, so. Oh, you think the other way? I think I think he would have been better off staying here. 
I do. Man. I do. I think his senior season stats at Montana would have been crazy. Crazy. Like 1,800 receiving yeah, yards. Yeah, and he already blew up in his playoff run as a junior, so he yeah. had the attention of people yeah, here. But, but I also think that COVID is the only reason he left, because yeah. I think like his senior year was supposed to be COVID, and, and Bobby basically said it. It's all the nicest thing he's ever said about someone transferring. <laughs> yeah. Was That's right. He's got his yeah, degree. Yeah, it's not his fault. It's because we didn't play. Yeah. And what do you think, think it is? Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Real quick, Brent, um, since we were talking about the collective, yeah. um, there's been questions that we've been getting about QB club and collective, and can you be in both, and how does that work? So I know that, that Colson and Wellnell have both gotten you some information, so why don't you share that with me? Yeah, so going off of text, but uh, quarterback club members are going to be getting an email, I think, tomorrow or the next day. They've been trying to get this out, but um, this upcoming season, uh, quarterback club dues, uh, you can choose how you want to split up your dues. Um, and some of that will go to the quarterback club. Another portion of it will go to the NIL collective. Um, so they've got three options. Option one is a 75-25 spit, split with 75% going to quarterback club. So your base level of QB club is $1,000. So you give $750 to QB and $250 to the collective. Um, they have a bunch of other examples where you can step your way up. Um, and what they also say is basically if your level of contribution is at or equal to $1,000 total, uh, even if it is all into the collective with, uh, I guess it needs some sort of minimal into quarterback club, not entirely collective. Uh, you will also be a quarterback club member. So if there's someone that is super passionate about what the NIL is, uh, you can kick that bad boy in. Or if you just want to put it all the way into quarterback club, you still can and you're a QB club member. So this next year QB club, I mean, they're aiming for 700 members. I mean, this is no big secret because you can pull this on the MUS financial report. QB club is, I read the line item pulled in 1.1 million last year. So you just look at the math on that. Quarterback club is looking to fund the collective. If everyone follows the recommendation, which they don't have to, I mean, you're talking 250, $300,000. And so, you know, whether you like it or not, Montana boosters, are, we're, we're, we're playing the, we're getting in the game and we're going to do what we need to do. I like the collective from the standpoint of it kind of covers cost of attendance. Yes. It lets us kind of get some NIL deals for Montana kids who maybe, you know, helps recruiting there. So, I mean, I think those are good positives too. So, um, if you have questions about uh, QB Club, gogrizz.com slash QB Club or reach out to Colson Randall. Um, the collective is Marcus Wellnell. Uh, the website will be updated in the next day, yep. a couple of weeks, I'm sure. But reach out if you have questions. Yep. And so, yeah, uh, the you know, I've always been a singular QB club member, but also contribute. Uh, my household contributed to the collective this year uh, on Thursday night of all interesting nights, oh, and uh, uh, suddenly uh, my wife Courtney Wahlberg is now a member of the quarterback club <laughs> slash collective as well too. So, yeah. and can can you guys talk about the NIL in relation to? the men's team and the women's team is there a lot of talk around that too you can contribute as much as you team. want oh yeah or as much as you oh can yeah no 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 absolutely it's uh i would say that in the entirety of grizzly athletics was maybe a little bit behind the game when it came to nil until this last well, what a good rollout time uh what a perfect time to do it strike while the iron's hot all of those things come into play i would say that that from the men's basketball side of things it really kicked up last year to where you know you have a seventh-year senior and on in Moody, you can kick him some a little bit, right? And it's a little bit different in basketball just because you only have, you know, six to eight players that I would say warrant that kind of discussion to have NIL that are on your roster. So yeah. I still think maybe 
a step behind. I don't want to po- pose that as a negative way, but maybe a step behind of where football, the football push is clearly on. We can all oh, feel yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. from four months ago to now, I think everyone is more educated on what, what it is, what they can do, how they can help. I feel that basketball this next year needs to get the ball rolling a little bit more on that, but it, it, it's creeped in to men's basketball for the first time. An interesting thing about basketball is one player can change – yeah. The game, especially at this level. At this, at level? this level, right? Yes. We we draw one person here that maybe should be, you know, in a tiered up. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Big Sky Conference champions. Well, I, I look right? back at the championship teams, right? Ahmad Rory coming in here. Yep. I don't think in an NIL world we would have gotten Ahmad Rory. Mm, so that's a good point. we need to yeah. like we need to figure it out to catch up to where we still can get that quality of a player coming in here that can change your game, change your program right away. Um, Who are you targeting, Ace? <laughs> Who should we get? Come on, Ace, let's go. We need to have Caitlin Clark, this guy over here. Caitlin Clark. I'm with Caitlin Clark. Yeah. I mean, my sentiments are the same thing as Riley's. Is like the It's the same thing. Basketball's just a little behind. and Yeah, if you can find somebody, that's great. But... And actually, one of the fans, they were talking about what Sacramento State did last year in women's basketball. They pull in Kalijah Dean, who was from Oakland, uh, Michigan, Oakland University, stud. She won Big Sky Player of the Year. They got Isabel Nadabu. I mean, you have two stud players. And, and, and what the fan said was like, that's what you got to do. Like, that's all you have to do. And I'm like, okay, timeout, timeout, timeout. Yeah. You're talking about two all-conference players on the same team. Like, it's easier said than done to just go out and get these studs and bring them into, I don't care if you're in Missoula or Portland or Ogden or Pocket, uh, Pocatello. Like, it's tough to actually go out and do it and say, yeah, I have this vision. Here's the vision. Like, it, it's always tougher, yeah. you know, easier said than done. But that's my take on yeah. it. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I also think that um, the NIL is so fascinating in women's college basketball compared to any other sport because the earning power of some of the women. Caitlin Clark major, and Paige uh, Becker. Exactly. Like what they've done. They that, right. that, that could be Million. their peak earning power of their lifetime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for the, sure. Their, because you're, you control it so much more and you're so marketable yep. in, in women's college basketball. Part of that, too, that, is like where they go. Iowa and UConn, huge women's basketball followers. Where you go to the WNBA, you're not going to find many followings like that. Like maybe oh, the Minnesota well, that's Lynx, what I was say. Like, that's it. For, college, yeah. for women's college basketball, you could probably argue that the NAL is going to make it better yes. because I think you're going to have people staying. Right. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Imagine the NCAA understanding that. They can we'll make stop s- right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We've got to force on them by the courts and the politicians. Mm-hmm. But just think about this: like they're making so much money off of Caitlin Clark oh, yeah. that they're like, can we figure out a way to make her eligible for one more year? What if they just change eligibility <laughs> rules? Like, well, we're used to seventh year seniors. Yeah, just like it's a tenth year senior. <laughs> And uh, she's happy. Doctor, we're happy. Clark. Everyone's actually happy <laughs> right. because we're all making more money, and winning. the WNBA gets cut out. Yeah, you just got to get four degrees to complete your ten years, and you're good to go. What they say, I think, in that new NCAA championships contract with ESPN, they said that the women's college basketball tournament's worth sixty-seven yeah, million dollars. They're emphasizing a year. it a lot this year. Jeez. Which, in like, I mean, this is probably a broken should. record at this point, but to say the NCAA and all these schools can make billions 
of dollars mm, sure. to players. Like again, before this couldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, like, and I understand yep. so many people say like this is it's ruining college athletics, and what you see with the Pac-12 oh. is ruining college athletics. I get that. I totally do because there is a sense of tradition that is disappearing. But I just can't consciously in 2024 say. Yeah, it's good for the NCAA and, and Mark Emmer to make millions and billions of dollars, but Kaitlin Clark can't go and get a exactly. Gatorade deal. And like, in college football, it's like the coach like, is making $10 million, but, yes. but, but and, the and, guy couldn't sell his autographs. Yes. Like, yeah. and, like, and to me, it's just like you can't consciously say, like, that's okay. Like, to me, that's corrupt to the yep. absolute root. And uh, again, like I know, we're kind of in the wild, wild west era of this, and yeah. like but we can we're have in some the wild, wild west because the NCAA pretended that that's not true. Yeah, absolutely. And if they had just they acknowledged that, they could have built yeah. this whole system and yep. regulated it. And yes, yeah. for sure. It, like it is a stance that I stand on. That's like I'm very strong on because I just don't agree that the school should be able to make that much without the players who actually, you know, play the damn game. They can't make any, but you know, I digress. Um, you want to get questions? I mean, we can look through these. The last thing I would say as well on NIL, I mean, we talked about this as well before, but um, the three playoff games brought in a residual of $7 million of commerce into Missoula. Wow. I would all three combined or individually? I thought it was all three combined. I thought it was individually. If it's individually, I mean, that's... Um, if you're a local business owner here and you've benefited from these playoff runs, I think supporting the NIL, supporting quarterback clubs, yeah. supporting the GSA, uh, as best you want to see fit, I think is something very beneficial that you should consider because more playoff games, more people attending basketball games, all that, it's going to benefit a lot more people than just those student athletes and just the university. Also. I can wear like a big Mo Club cape on the sideline. <laughs> I can start sponsoring stuff down yeah. there. Like, we can get something like hey, that. All right. You Whatever. and James can get NAL too. <laughs> Whatever we need to do, we'll play our part. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to skim these questions. I feel like we've hit a lot of these because I've tried to weave a bunch of these in. Uh, Jay Wood's wondering what is the latest on Cole Grossman coming back? He's, he's back in town he's and will be town. in schools this semester. Healthy and excited. Stay tuned. No, right. spring ball should be fun to watch, right? Hot day in corporate. I, I think that, not to go on a tangent here, one guy that was an addition last year that is the most underrated addition on this entire team was Evan Schaefer. I suppose. Yep. Evan Schaefer. He was our sixth offensive lineman, helped in the blocking game, got passes when needed. Amazing. So, yes, it's great that Grossman's back, but. I'm excited to see yep. the two of them a little bit working together. So you know, I want to make sure we get Schaefer in there. Riley, a team with two really good tight ends helping a young quarterback win a oh, lot of football games. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Green Bay football. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay, I felt that building. <laughs> it was kind of building. <laughs> We won't say uh, what school Isn't Tucker. That team full of South Dakota State. Yeah, State I was just gonna guys. say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got an Oregon State guy in that tight end. Yeah, hey, come on. Utah. James, was there anything else from your Frisco trip? Luke Rounds is just wondering if there was anything else or anything that uh, Mike or or anyone that went uh, that you would uh, change or anything else you would have liked to have seen when you were there or been a part of. You know, I think that the one thing would be maybe stay in Frisco just a little bit more yeah. in it. But, no, I mean, I, I thought it was great. And, um, yeah, I had thoughts about that. I wish there were more meals. Like, you know, you're... Like that you could eat five times in a day? Yeah, like a hobbit, you know? Oh, yeah, like, let's go. Because <laughs> everyone, had, everyone had all of these, like, 
food recommendations. Um, oh, yeah. Barbecue, Mexican. So yeah, you re- you re- everyone's re- like, oh my gosh, there's actually like some really good Indian food. You know, and that's like, I've I've calculated this out. I can only eat <laughs> two thousand calories three times a day. <laughs> Be- just go on Monday next. Yeah. That, <laughs> I was just like, I wish there were more. Yeah, more opportunities yeah. to eat. Yeah. Um, also, the rain uh, prevented me from seeing like a Tiger King style big cat like place. Whoa! And that I, sounds yeah, fascinating. I was gonna go to that. <laughs> I'm just picturing you at that setting, and just it just, just seems all perfect. To just, me. you know, when I'm envisioning this, yeah. it's great. So, so happy place. Yes, Luke, yeah, were you able to everywhere. were you able to get out of there on time, or did you get delayed out of flying out? I was I was delayed. So yeah. that was interesting. So like the charter, the team charter, the fan charters, sounds like they all got home fine. But it sounds like everyone else who stayed a little bit later into the day or the next day. Um, I know a few pod listeners in Billings didn't go get home for two more days. Yeah, I got home Wednesday. Because of the, the storms that rolled through Jeez. Texas led to a bunch of cancellations. You, remember, you were supposed to be home Monday yeah. or Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was fine. Right. Like, you yeah. know. Um, I didn't have anything I couldn't bump or do via email, like. But because it's, you know. But I also left Missoula great. on the twenty third of December. Yeah, you've been gone for a long time. <laughs> I was I was ready to be back in Missoula by like January second. <laughs> I was like, I just need to sleep in my own bed and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I was, Gonson's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, pods go long. I hope, <laughs> yeah, I hope really warned you. Sorry, yeah. Dad, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> His Packers bad. won yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. But when we return to Frisco, I think I'm going to be on the exact same schedule. I'm just going to be gone for like three weeks again. Probably. Yeah. Let's go. Anything about the trip you stood out to you? But no. All right. Nothing at all. You're not very talkative for doing the whole pod with us tonight. And for having no school. This is tomorrow. this is a long haul. James is James is like a sprinter. We've just thrown him in a marathon here. It's rough. See, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Sean Payhut's just wondering if we have concerns about the offense going into next year. Offense underperforming through the playoffs um, and being at home is a huge factor. Um, with the people we're losing on offense, can we maintain the standard? As it looks like we've got a favorable schedule. I expect our offense to be better next year. Yeah. Agreed. I just think Dylan's going to have a great year. And I think there's a question, uh, I think, on the Egress side as well, too, just about the O-line and stuff. And, right, we've got a few guys graduating, but because of the the injury and otherwise issues, I think we had presumably – We presumably – I think we presumably have four of our five in place. We've got a transfer coming in. And we've got a couple. And Declan played a bunch. Declan so, played a Declan, bunch. Declan, like we were talking about, I think his more natural position is center. Yeah. So I mean, that is the one spot you got to really replace. Yeah. So I think I, I mean, and it's kind of funny because someone's like, "Oh, our, our two deep." I'm scared about the backup alignment. It's like, well, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. It's I mean, a problem. It's yeah. So we'll just have to see how it goes. It, but I don't know. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Taylor Kallenberg, uh, Riley, what goes into your pregame prep for sports? And Ace, Ooh. same for you as well, Nothing, too. Like going against- <laughs> <You're just laughs> like, I almost replied to this. I was like, what the hell are you guys talking about? I'm going to show off. Because you brought your sheets to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
it is it's a labor of love right it, it's a it's an entire week process and i'm sure i mean ace and i similar to a regard of how much we value prep but also at the same time every broadcaster is different to me i have certain bullet points i want to hit every day and i feel that you know whether it's player roster stuff first right to get individual players yeah. i try and get that stuff out early and do the spotter boards to where whether you see it for basketball and you've got eight to ten players to get everybody individual notes down that's early in the week and then as the the game comes together this is basketball or football the final thing i do is a storyline sheet which is you know whether that's coming back from a break or whether it's you know, we have dead time, and I look at Sunberg and I point at number 12 and say, hey, let's talk about this this time. And to, to mm-hmm. formulate the top 15 to 20 storylines around each game is always the, the final piece for me. So, go ahead. I, I got a question for you real quick, but I want to ask you a question first. Yeah. So you and Sunberg had that feel-good fluff piece <laughs> yes. about your partnership. <laughs> um, is it going to be awkward him, when right? you let Sunberg know that I'm replacing him on the radio cast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is going to be awkward. It's so, gonna, it's going Greg, to be if good. you're listening, I'm coming for you. Well, that, I think that, I've talked about I this. mean, that was essentially a retirement piece for <laughs> yeah. Sunberg. You know, I know that, yeah. Send him off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. No. Ace, though, earlier you were talking about all, like, the last couple of years of the women's basketball in the Big Sky Conference. You weren't here. Right. So... Maybe answer that question a little bit more like how you get ready for each game, but also what did you do to familiarize yourself with mm. the Big Sky Conference? Because you clearly know what you're talking about. It's a great question. I spent, you know, sometimes it was just as simple as going back and looking at old schedules and looking at old contests, especially with the Lady Grizz. Like we played at NAU this this uh, this last weekend, and I looked back to Brian's first year, and the, the theme between Montana and NAU has been close games, you know, like – four of the five games have been decided by less than five points and something it's as simple as just like looking back and going through the schedules but one thing i've emphasized this year has been calling the opponents coaches especially in the big sky conference and talking to uh you know jantel who is now the first year head coach at weber state and just saying hey how is this going and talking to um you know unc's coach uh, coach matteo just saying this is year three for you how's it been one you know year one two three and just getting that firsthand experience because i can look at numbers all day and i can come up with all these stats but it always is a little different coming from the head coaches and i think that's 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 helped a ton and then and brian and the assistants too they've they've informed me they've filled me in on what's been going on since they were here the year before me so just kind of Talking, I guess, yeah. is the the straight answer to it. Okay, All right. interesting. Calling the calling the other head coaches is not something I would have thought about for that play by play guy. See, and I didn't do it last year, and I think part of it was too. I just got here and was just getting my bearings in Missoula. But this year was a it was a point that I wanted to make because I just wanted, especially when ESPN Plus we're home. We also do the TV, the the streaming yep. audio. And for me, I wanted to do those teams justice, not just, ah, this yeah. player has X points per game. I want to know if she plays the trombone or yeah. something like that, right? right? You know, something like that. So I try and talk to the coaches just to get a little insight. And it's easier year two as far as because you're not just relying on the research you've done, but you... Year year two compared to year one is just so much easier. And knowing Brian, Joss, Nate, the, the returning coaches, I mean, I legitimately can say now and i hope they can come back with saying that we're friends at this point because i know them a little more and you know on the road i i think that first year you're getting to know these people and you're just not as close year two a lot simpler just to mm-hmm. talk on a human level right yeah, so yeah, that's been a huge uh, difference this year as well nice riley had a quick question let's hear it 
I want you to try to pick a favorite between Mike and Brendan Luke. <laughs> oh, and James. He's James is number one. Yeah, who misses the podium? Um, Call-in football versus basketball is different. What do you like more? Or if you can't pick, and it, you know, I, I want to encourage you to pick. It's fine to have a favorite, but if you can't, what are like some of the things you like about each? That's such a good question. Mm. Um, calling Grizzly football is such a surreal experience. I can't. I, I try and find the words to tell everyone what it's like to sit in that booth and to look at Mount Sentinel, to look mm. at Mount Jumbo, to look at. I, the crowd and, and everything. I get chills even thinking about it because it means so much to so many people and to sit in that chair, it's unmatched. So I guess that my first response would be that Grizzly football takes the cake over everything else because of what it means, the responsibility you have when you put that headset on and the hours of prep that we put in all week. And then the game itself, it's so exciting, right? I think that, that one thing that if you listen to myself, you listen to Ace, Passion and excitement are going to be two words I hope would come through the radio and come through the broadcast because of, of what we put into it and what it means that we need to match that energy. There's multiple times, right? Text an ace, he'll text me and say, man, you really matched the energy tonight in the stadium. I could feel that on the sidelines, right? And that's an ultimate compliment that you can receive from someone. So Grizzly football to me... Number one, I love the pace of basketball. I, now, both of us call it solo. That's very different, that, right? It's oh, very, yeah, very yeah. different. And for folks that you know are, are sitting at home and, and it's very easy to be critical and, oh, he says the same stats too much or, 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 or it's the same storylines over and over, you're realizing that you, you're, you don't have the same audience for the entire two-hour broadcast. You right, need to repeat right. the hits, mm-hmm. okay? And that would be all the way down the line. You're having a conversation with yourself. For two hours, essentially, and you got to keep it interesting with what's going on on the floor. I love the pace of basketball. I played baseball, so I feel I maybe know the most about baseball. I was actually going to say, yeah. why is the real answer baseball? Like, <laughs> w- w- would you like to call baseball? I'd love to. I absolutely would love to. Because yeah. again, for you know anyone that's followed my story a little bit, and I think any play-by-play guy would say this, we are storytellers more than anything else. And the reason I got into play-by-play broadcasting was because of Vince Scully, who was the ultimate storyteller. I sat, oh, I sat down every night and just was mesmerized by where he would take me and take a broadcast, and I try, <laughs> emphasis try, because no one is Vin Scully, to try and emulate that. And so baseball is awesome for that because you have so much time for the broadcast to breathe. Where basketball, you don't. Basketball, it's constant action. Right. And with football, you're working with Sunberg in the booth, right? I want to tee him up for success. You've got Ace down there on the sideline. I feel I'm more of a point guard. When it comes to the football broadcast, I need to distribute, right? And I've got a guy back in studio, Brian Freeman, who's a huge part of it. And he is also, I want to make sure to set him up for success because there's things that he's feeding the broadcast. So it's more of a point guard role and you have a bigger responsibility, I think, for football. If, if you, if basketball was as important in this era as football was and you had a partner... Would you like basketball as much? <laughs> it's a lot of ifs there, Luke. Um, is it is it just because you're alone? Yeah, I, and the the moment maybe doesn't feel as big because football's king right now. I would say so. I, so I think what, that, all things being equal, what, what do you like more? Football, uh, basketball, 
or your conception of calling like a World Series baseball. Oh, man. Oh, man. Where it all matters. I Now, what you just said is very fascinating, right? Because in baseball, whether it's a 50-game Grizzly softball schedule, which Ace and I are lucky enough to call the home games, whether it's 162 for baseball, for basketball, they play 30 to 35 games. So there might be a game or two that doesn't quite have the same importance. Of course, when it's conference tournament time, we're ready to go. True. Football, every game, every play matters, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're going to talk about plays all year long here between now and August 31st until the next season starts. We're going to have more plays that we're going to go back through. So I'm still going to say football, despite how the weave was good there about like, okay, well, if this and that, I'm still going to go football, number one. You get a call from your favorite basketball team on a Monday, your favorite football team on a Tuesday, your favorite baseball team on a Wednesday, and they all are offering you to come call at the professional level. Same money. What do you pick? Smokes. And Ace, I want you to answer this question. All I vote is get the hell out of Get him out of town. He wants this grizzly football. I got it. I just heard a spiel about the football team. Nothing happens to Riley. We now have a little bit more. Thank you. We have evidence of proof that. Wasn't there a backup punter that stabbed the guy? That was in northern Colorado. Where did Riley get stabbed? Three of the podcasts is our evidence. Of what happened. If I ever go, if I ever go missing, that is what happened. I'm gonna go football. Football. Yep. All right. Football's king. Football's king. I, I just feel, from a national standpoint, from here in in Missoula, I, I'm going football. Gosh, you're making it tough though. But I, I'm gonna. I'm not. At least I didn't dodge the answer, right? I could think well, you. Yeah. Is that, you I love them all. I love them all. Commentate MJ. Oh, the MJ Bulls run, Dodger World Series, Chris football winning a title, because the Broncos sure as hell aren't Again, like football's got the pageantry, (laughs) but there's nothing quite like the intensity of a good basketball game with a good crowd. Yes. Like the you know, back and forth and how fast paced. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. you know, taking blows and stuff like that. Right. So it's, it's kind of like you know, yeah. picking your favorite kids. Like they've all got things you like. Well, and I think too, matching the energy of the environment that you're calling the game in. And maybe that's why football to me right now is so. I mean, the last couple games, been able to call for football. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Cat yeah. game, mm-hmm. three home playoff games in the national championship. That is really, really hard to top that. So, yeah, I mean, basketball and. Kind of from what we were talking about earlier in the pod with the energy maybe in the arena being down a little bit. Maybe that's a factor to it. With that, too. I mean, we've been to some arenas this year. Women's basketball just has not caught on in Ogden. Uh, Flagstaff, really. They, I mean, they still play basketball at a football stadium. Flagstaff, I mean, NAU's had some good women's basketball. Yeah, they have. Yeah. They have. And, and we probably saw a couple hundred yesterday. Maybe the numbers will show more, but it didn't feel that full in there. But it... it that, that would play into my decision, too. I mean, going to Ogden when there's, I mean, literally less than 100 people in that arena, and you're calling a game. You're trying to psych yourself up because you're looking around going, yeah. I don't want them to hear me on free throws, yeah. right? I mean, oh, that's a thing I think of, too. Like, when oh, you're in an empty right? arena, Seriously. and I'm on the court side, and I'm going, and Danny Bart's a pro's the... And they're all looking at you like, shit. Right, <laughs> right. exactly, exactly. This, this actually happened to me once. <laughs> Chester, Montana. Oh, yeah. 2002. Mark Daniels, KSEN, Shelby. I love this. 
No, so we're in, <laughs> we're in fucking Chester, Mike. <laughs> and actually, uh, this is this is uh, to- Coach Tom Reynolds. Uh, his son Rhett Reynolds is on oh, the. Yeah. What a three he made, by the way. Right. That, yeah, that was cool. He had that looked fluid. Oh yeah. Here, yeah. here for the 90th point. So Shelby's <laughs> finest. Shelby's finest, right. uh, Rhett Reynolds. But his dad, it's his first game coaching uh, as a varsity coach. And it's a preseason game <laughs> in Chester. And there's not a lot of people at these games, as you can imagine. Uh, it's my first game starting. And I'm a point guard, believe it or not. So, uh, And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bigger point guard. Well, yes. Shelby had Five, guys six. bigger than you? Uh, yeah, we did. But I was a matchup problem. I could oh. handle the ball, Mike. All right, so all I right. could run guys to the post, okay. smaller guys to the post, and I could drive around bigger guys. You play five I was man a ma- basketball in Shelby? Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Michael. Did, did you have a double basketball? basketball? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have the double half basketball? Court. Yeah. Half court. Half court. We did not! <laughs> Damn you, double A pricks. <laughs> This is uh, so cool. But Chester's not a big big arena. It, um, but Mark Daniels is on the call, and we win the tip, and uh, they pass it to me to bring it up, you know. And I think to everyone's surprise, I'm running point guard, and I could hear Mark Daniels on the call being like, "Well, the Shelby Kyles win the tip, and Luke Alford's bringing the ball up. He's a husky point guard." <laughs> I fucking paused it. Fucking old Mark. Did you call me a husky? A husky point guard. Oh, husky. <laughs> now Ace and I'd get fired if we said something like that. Probably. Yeah, 2001 was a different era. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a husky point guard. Yeah. Oh, that's oh so awesome. <laughs> Any other highlights from the? Oh boy. Uh gosh. I we've got uh, you know Tater Sloan was just uh, wondering uh, what I think if we're gonna do a golf tournament or other people are asking us about our Highline tour. Yeah, we gotta figure this. Listen, summer. We're, gonna, we're gonna have to do something yeah. on this tour, and golfing is gonna be a part of it. Absolutely. What uh, month do you guys target? Like July. Probably July. James's birthday on the high. James, we'll wrap it all together. James, Spend you your birthday on the Highline. On the, yeah, no, you're oh, coming, yeah. buddy. Fan pod tour because people attendance like, will double. Out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got someone wondering why Coach Decure doesn't wear three piece suits anymore. COVID. Oh, man. COVID changed it all. All the, I, all the college basketball players. Ace and I are going to differ on this one. I miss <laughs> I, I miss, do that right yeah, I, I miss the era yeah. of Agree. dressing. I, I still did last night. When we're, when we're on TV at home, I'm still going to dress up. I COVID kind of ruined that. It's been a trickle-down effect from the top. So, like, if Duke and North Carolina's coaches are wearing quarter zips, that's what the school. Because when nobody was in the stadiums, and coaches realized that they could still coach games in, in, yeah, it just they didn't go back. I I just like it because it's an event. Like for us, our whole year gravitates around the the thirty five basketball games and the ten to fifteen football games. Right? It's a big deal for us. I want to get ready for it. It just it puts me in a mindset. It really. Limits the ability of the coach to throw their suit jacket if they're not wearing one. <laughs> That's a good point. That's right. a great point. Uh, most Twitter questions, otherwise, I think we hit. I mean, just um, transfer portal stuff, 12 game seasons, how we feel about the schedule. 
Um, Frisco versus Chattanooga. Frisco. Um, uh, one question for uh, you guys. Uh, do we need new media boxes in both? Well, I guess the media there isn't really a media box in basketball, but do we need media box in the football stadium? That's all you, man. Uh, like make your pitch for it because I think yes. people need to know what. Um, the fact that we have one of the best stadiums in all of college football, and we have a double wide on top of our stadium as our press <laughs> box, is a little bit alarming. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it, we need a new press box. We it's, absolutely it's do. Bad. And and that and that right there is to me would complete that stadium, right? And, and to have a bigger press box, think of it this way. You would trap so much more sound in there. Oh, yeah. It was higher yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't, could, the sound couldn't escape. That's for another. The short answer to that, absolutely well, yes. Th- there's some other upgrades that need to happen to that stadium, and they should just wrap it all together. Yeah, yep. because they could do it. Because if they did another row of boxes, I think they could sell them all. Oh, they yeah. Well, there's, there's a 30-year we wait list right yeah. now. for yeah, the. Yeah. So it's like you do that. You do some infrastructure, get some more bathrooms, and improve a few things, and yeah. Away you go. Um, For you guys on campus, how are things going with the indoor practice facility? Finally getting on schedule now as far as, like, there's no more stalling, right? They're getting it closer. The unfortunate part now is... Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, like, it's twenty. The weather, <laughs> it's twenty. Right. The permit delays hurt the weather, and, and it yeah. will be done now for the next full season. So that, at least for a playoff well, run next year. Enough. This was like the perfect weather. Like we got lucky. Yeah, they got lucky on this run where they were able to practice outside the whole way. It's funny. I hit a golf ball before every Grizz football game, and it did not actually like meaningfully snow until after the season ended. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. And even the, the final practice they had in January was like 30 degrees <laughs> Pleasant, before they right? took yeah. Yeah. So. Uh Empty Grizz rules, wondering about our interior D-line size, and he's very concerned about it. What was he concerned about it this year? No, but um, the loss of Governor. Uh, so we got Ramos, and we got, I mean, Cashmitter will be back. We got, we got that transfer. transfer. Yeah. Yeah. He's an end, but yeah. I think so. cash cash you got to watch out for. I mean, yeah. that was a, a big piece that yep. you know he can move inside. Uh, question on recruiting so far. Um, Real quick, yeah, Luke. Hayden Harris is is he, he returning? comes back? Back. I mean, he doesn't. He's he's not. Honestly, he's not a husky like Gubner <laughs> or me. But that's a, a big dude. Oh. You might not know it until you stand like nearby that dude. Well, yeah, he's, he. There's nothing lacking about that guy's size. I'm excited for DM. I mean, Harris, Edwards, Noose. Yeah. The Youngstown um, State kid. Houston. The Youngstown State kid. Yeah. Cashmitter can play in and Cashmitter. So, I mean, Dietrich. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're deep there. So. We will, yeah. D line, we're going to rotate a lot of guys. Got to find a few in the middle to fill that up. But yep. I think, yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of another question there. That uh, wanting to hear about Mike and James's experience. Uh, someone asking us great. if we have any early outlooks on the women's soccer team next season. Oh, they got a Washington yeah, transfer. They did. Um, outside of that, they're oh, gonna, man, they're going to host the tournament. They yes, are going to host. So cool. It's yep. cool, but it's at the same time going to be in potentially cold. I call that a home pitch yeah. advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Home pitch yeah. advantage. But if the weather's terrible, can't they play it in the indoor practice facility? 
with no fans maybe though. with I don't know with the broadcasting too I, I don't like think they'll be able to set it up because we'll have to produce it every, like all the games or all the matches so I'm not sure but yeah with the uh, with the Grizz team I mean uh, they returned some key players Guy Thompson's coming back who is an absolute stud D. Lou she's coming back yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashton Dvorak who should have been goalkeeper of the year defender of the year and right. somehow wasn't yeah. which I think that was just a pity award to the uh, uh, welcome to the Big Sky Conference <laughs> <laughs> Everyone but uh, no they should be good I think it, they're going to be in prime for a big sky title, and game. Coach Chitovitsky's a rock star. He's I mean, awesome. he got Power Five interest yeah. this year. Yeah, too He's far awesome. down the weed, so we're well, lucky to have. Him. We had him on the pod. We had a blast, oh, and then awesome. um, so I bumped into him at the Beer and Wine Festival, <laughs> and it was like, like between our pod that we had him on and the Beer and Wine was when they unfortunately uh, lost in the tournament. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, I feel like we jinxed you. And, he, you know, he's such a positive outlook guy. He's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I don't know if you guys had heard this, but we had committed to are, are we going to try to s- defend goals or score goals? I think it was score goals, wasn't it? Yeah. Against DeVore. <laughs> That'll be great. Wait, you so, three? Yeah. Oh. This was the we, coach's we did this idea. On the pod. That take, was his can idea. Can I take the under oh, one? See, was, if we're going to do this, we need to turn this into and so a fun And so he literally flipped on me. He's like, don't uh, forget. When that practice we facility opens, one, one you guys are coming yeah, to kick goals. Sweet. I think I think you I think we we broadcast it and say come and if you like come kick a hundred bucks a shot and if you score a goal then uh, an autograph poster to you and if you don't score a goal you can pay another uh, fifty bucks for an autograph poster. Fun, That's love fun. it. Love like it. goes into the collective, whatever. Exactly, yeah. like that. Yeah, like some sort of fundraiser. Yeah, I would, I would do it. I'd try to, I'd give it a shot. Absolutely. And they've got a, not to tease it too hard. They've got another great schedule. They're gonna have yeah, some yeah. power five teams yeah. coming to Missoula. Again. I'm so excited. Be cool. Uh, Everett Grizz here, James. What was your favorite play of the year for the Grizzly? I'm guessing football team. Boy. Probably the Junior Bergen pass to Keelan White. That's a Two-point yeah. conversion. Nice. Head ripped off. I still <laughs> just love Junior Bergen's awareness in that to know that the penalty was there and to throw it into the end zone because Swing you it. get the free play. Like, yeah. And then Riley and Ace, uh, favorite individual calls or moments that you called? Ooh, Is they, year? they say of the year, but – Recently as well too, because I know we're early into basketball. Do you have one that jumps out? The Osmo touchdown against the Cats will never be talked about as one of the top moments of the year, but that to me was the exclamation point on a Big yeah. Sky title yeah. and curb stomping yeah, the neighbors. Like, I mean, you're, you're not yeah, coming back. You're, you're done. This thing's over. I loved that. The Bergen moments in the playoffs are just so incredible. Um, some underrated moments. I, I think the. The Keelan White 97-yard touchdown. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. The, the Gilman 85-yard touchdown. That, to me, that touchdown kind of sparked the run, right? Because mm, there yeah. that was there was still doubt. That was in Davis, State. right? That was, that was against, against Davis, Davis right? Yeah. And that was, you know, Grizz are still finding their way. So those would be it. Okay. <laughs> the Bergen touchdowns. Right I'd go soccer winning the conference. That was, yeah. Yeah. that was the best year so far of the new calendar season. I think last year – and the Lady Grizz beat Sac State in, in town. We came back from double digits against the eventual conference champs, but this year I'll go I'll go soccer, win the conference title. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Donovan was asking us just about how we feel about uh, roster next year and making a return to the playoffs. Sounds like we're 
generally confident to the playoffs. Yeah, for football playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, basketball question: Does the attention that Moody gets uh, open up the rest of the open up for the rest of the team to score? Absolutely, you're yeah. seeing that right now with Deshaun Thomas, Brandon Whitney, and Tajon Sawyer. I think that they're face guarding Moody, and it sucks because we'd all love to see Moody just go off and go crazy. But yeah. they're gonna teams are making someone else beat the Grizz in that regard. So it's going to be kind of the evolution of everyone else can kind of take their turn now, and hopefully when the Grizz show more versatility, you know, that Moody will get more looks. Later yep. And then uh, Donovan's just wondering if next week's pod is going to be over Zoom to you make sure there's no tension between the Packer fans yeah, and the Niners fans. Well, the game's Saturday <laughs> night, so uh, you guys are going to know. So I think... Somebody might be calling in sick or yeah. something can happen depending on the result. Uh, I do believe, guys, I think. So that was Donovan. Uh, I think that I think that was our I think that was our questions. Great so questions. yeah. I do at this moment I want to give a shout out to one of our loyal pod listeners, Jay. Mm. Um, and this goes to speaking to fandom. I think a lot of us here know Jay. Um, he went down to uh, Frisco. Jay is a Grizz fan. Jay is a Huskies fan. Jay is a Seahawks fan. Oh, no. oh, poor oh Boy, it went from a real high to a real low there. Jay had probably the worst six to seven days a football fan could have, and he's yeah. still tr- he's still going strong. And so he uh, and then his flights were all screwed up coming oh. home. His wife was going to meet him out for the for the Husky game, and she got like diverted to Oklahoma City. I mean, uh, shouts to him though. I mean, uh, to still be positive six or seven days later and still be, uh, you know, um, a fan and all that because no that guy, uh, we were texting a little bit about him. But, yeah. Jay's so, awesome. Yep. Shout out to Jay. He finds Grizz passion, no doubt. So, yeah. Anyways, I wanted to give him a shout just because I know that guy had a really, yeah. really rough it's four a tough five run. days. Yeah. It's a tough run. <laughs> right? Like Pete Carroll retires. Husky's coach leaves. goes to <laughs> Alabama, which great photo op when he lands in Tuscaloosa. Some of huh? him walking through like a prison. <laughs> <laughs> that? So yeah. Anyways, I wanted to give a shout out to Jay. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, we're in basketball season, so we've, we've got to plan whatever the next several months of this pot are, and figure out the off season. But I will tell you guys, and I've said it before. I have never had so much fun in a football season as I had this year. Same. And, uh, you know, doing this pod and, and doing it with everybody and you guys joining us and for things like this and really kicking it off with us at the beginning of the year. I mean, I, this is stuff that makes Grizz Nation fun. It's fun to be a part of. And, uh, you know, it's clear that there's a whole lot of people out there with a lot of passion. And I think eight times out of ten, that's really great. <laughs> Sometimes there's probably some there crazies. But, you yeah. know. I will say everything I saw in Frisco made me proud to be an alum of the University of Montana, mm. uh, proud to be affiliated with this place, and you know, realized that us doing this for fun is really worth it, and that yeah. people actually sit and listen, and, and God knows why, except when we have good guests on. So. Yeah. <laughs> don't point at us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or guests, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I just wanted to say thanks, guys, for a great season. And it's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Um, anything else you want to you talk about? I'm good. Anything else you guys want to talk no, about? No, thanks. Thanks for having us. And uh, 
I would echo that. The, the passion you guys bring and the, the care of Grizz Nation, we can feel it from our jobs, and uh, you guys embody that well. So it's great to be on with you, and thanks for what you guys do. Awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on, Ace. We'll, we will get you on Thanks, again. bud. Thanks for having it's me. It's a lot of fun. Brent, anything else from you? 31-27 Packers on Saturday. Let's go, bro. Let's go. Oh, Come on. Oh, winding it down and like, Enjoy it while it lasts, Brent. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I just think the people listening know what's going on here. And that's it. They're gonna fight for the final word on this. Uh, if we know you, we'll see you soon. Cat Grizz this weekend, Bozeman, then Weber Monday. Men Monday night. Be there. Yep. Because that is gonna be a big game. It is on a Monday night. You're gonna have to go without me and make sure that those uh that opposing coach mm-hmm. knows. Knows you're there. Knows what's up. NAU's coach was funny. Yeah. Lots of F-bombs from NAU's coach. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. He said, get F and fired up. And I said, Coach, I am fired up. <laughs> and he said, right behind the bed <laughs> so you can hear it. Anyway, we know you. We'll see you soon. If not, go Grizz. Go Niners. Go Pack. Ah! <laughs>